I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where buffalo testicles are always on the menu. I'm your host, a certified no-bo, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of The Simpsons, who is here with me today as always. Hey, it's Henry Gilbert and this podcast is powerful fun. And who do we have on the line? It's me, Michael Carlson. I'm returning. And this week's episode is Simpson Tall Tales. The Simpsons are going to Delaware! I want to see Wilmington! I want to visit a screen door factory. <laughs> yep! Delaware's got it all. This week's episode aired on May 20th, 2001. And as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this mythical day in real world history. (gasps) Oh my God. Oh boy, Bobby. Star Trek Voyager's finale airs on UPN. Shrek takes Ogre the box office. Oh no. And uh, Joan Laurie makes her final appearance as China in a WWF wrestling ring. Hmm. So yeah, a lot of a lot of things ending as the Shrek era begins in uh, in 2001. Very, uh, I mean, China's life not uh, it's a sad one. It's uh, you know who'd have thought that when her WWF career ended that uh, all the bad stuff that would happen to her. Well, I think that, we can yeah. trace the retirement of China and the end of Voyager to the release of Shrek. Yes, it's yeah. a ripple effect, people. <laughs> Well, yes, the circle of life, really. Mm-hmm. People yeah. said, we found the perfect entertainment, and here it is. I don't need wrestling, and I don't need Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, China Hall of Famer. Come on, put her in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean like know. Solo, I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. The, Not just DX. Sneaking her in with the DX, it's like, I mean, she was a huge part of why DX worked. Uh, honestly, yes. a, more of a reason than Triple H, I'd say, you know. Oh, yeah. She deserves she she deserves a lot more glory. Yeah, no, um, it, it's it's really sure. it's really sad that and then you know and then on top of that she had all that all the stuff WWF WWE sold like that literally was porn. But then later when she did porn, they're like, oh no, we can't touch that. Like, uh, like hey, that that was they gross that they did that to her. Like, yeah, and she yeah, and she had a lot of problems well, too. Yeah, which is sad. <laughs> sure, very sad. Yes, and yeah. But Vince, uh, any of the pornish stuff Vince did, it was fine. Oh yeah, that's the fine stuff. Yeah, but uh, or horrible stuff he did behind the scenes mm. that had nothing to do with porn. Nope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but and and Star Trek Voyager, I watched like the first episodes out of uh, duty, I guess. But yeah. I never, I didn't stick with it, even when uh, everybody was, you know, saying, "Oh, now seven and nine's on it. She's great. Give it another shot." But I unbelievably, it lasted the seven years that all the other Star Trek shows hmm. lasted. Yeah, it yeah. feels like I liked it. Oh yeah. Oh, please go on, yeah, Mike. I, I I've not seen an episode uh, of this. I I didn't. I you know what? I, for whatever reason, and this is going to be uh, it'll tie into The Simpsons too, because there's there's <laughs> definitely points where I didn't watch all of a season of television. I didn't watch all of Voyager, but I watched like half of Voyager, and then I don't know. I like I hit puberty or something. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Did I do something after school? I really don't remember making a conscious choice to be like I'm not watching Voyager anymore. <laughs> I think I watched like a seven of nine season, and that was it. But. Mm. I'm I you know I drop a Neelix reference every few <laughs> weeks. The Talaxian who was the guy in charge of the mess hall. Right. I, I yeah. This, I have fondness for Voyager. This is where Tuvok comes from. Tuvok. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, Tim Russ. Tuvok. I, and I know about his band as well. He has hmm. a rock. He had a rock and roll band. As well. Oh wow! I see. I just remember Tuvok primarily for the little Donnie. Me too. I didn't yeah. know that was a real character yeah. until a friend pointed out. No, he's on Star Trek Voyager. 
Yeah, yes. uh, this does feel <laughs> like the end of Star Trek's, you know, renaissance and its relevancy with the mass media. I mean, there were the movies, one of them's good, mm. and then people don't really care anymore. I guess Picard's fine, but, uh, well, actually, I, mean, I don't think it is fine. I don't think and it's fine at all. When I saw Picard, I was like, oh, this isn't for me. No, <laughs> but uh, they're still chasing the high of the 90s, like three series, mm. a bunch of movies, uh, really the end of um, Shatner, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, I don't want to blame 9-11 for everything. But I do think it hurt. I think it hurt Star Trek a bit. It ruined the, the optimism of Gene Roddenberry. That's, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, yeah. that's why Battlestar Galactica, by a lot of guys who worked on the Trek shows in the 90s, people <laughs> like that more because that was more about, like, oh, no, the future is, like, kind of doomed and you can't trust anybody. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, no, but we want our, like, candy. Give mm. us our candy back. Like, where we just think everything's going to be okay. <laughs> uh, even Picard like is that. like, nah, we're murdering everybody, just like death and swears. Oh, Picard. Everybody. Oh, Picard. I, I can't, I can't hey. start talking about it. Season two's uh, coming. Too, too much. Or maybe it already oh, I'll has. I'll watch every episode. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch it as soon as it is, as soon as it goes live. <laughs> I gotta see that old man run around <laughs> space still. It doesn't matter how good or bad the show is. <laughs> and, uh, and, and me and Bob have said many, four and a half hours worth of Shrek thoughts on a podcast yeah. but it's crazy to think it was just five months before 9-11 no four months four months beforehand and that is uh it's been a wild ride <laughs> but, uh, and you've you've covered trek quite a lot shrek 4d just closed oh recently. yes it did yeah. yes uh yes it was there's still i think there's still a shrek somewhere overseas shrek 4d but the one out here in, in uh, los angeles has been gone for a long time now mm -hmm. not uh, three or four years and yeah i i shrek obviously they're not going to be done with shrek there's so many different rumors about what they're doing movie wise with shrek so i'm i'm assuming shrek will be back sooner rather than later and then we'll maybe come back with more of a vengeance even in the parks <laughs> peacock owns him now he should be a peacock exclusive right there with the boss baby oh yes boss baby and shrek teaming up together <laughs> would be wonderful there was a rumor for a while that there was going to be a whole sort of like parody of magic kingdom with like the shrek land in one of the parks and i forget where it was supposed to go mm. but that was like an idea like the castle in the distance and then kind of like a pair maybe a parody of main street and it'd be a whole huge like kind of shrek land so um, think big is what i'm telling the creatives at universal you know uh, we're we're recording this maybe three months before it goes live, but I feel like maybe I, there might be a new Boss Baby voice actor. So if you want to play the role Ooh, of Boss Baby, oh, get right. in line. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. uh, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wow. mean, yeah. It's it's a it, it's a buyer's market right yeah, now for Boss uh, Baby voices. I would think yeah. Will Arnett's the first. Oh one they yeah, call for that right. He's <laughs> like especially. Yeah. Well, does he do looping sessions for Alec Baldwin? <laughs> it feels like he probably does. Though he does seem pretty exclusive to Netflix, though. And the Boss Baby, of course, is a. Well, well, it used to be on Netflix, and now it's a Peacock thing, so I wonder. Be, uh, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yes, that's yes. what happened on this, the same night as the final episode of season 12 of The Simpsons. And joining us today is Mike Carlson of Podcast The Ride, last with us for Dancing Homer. So welcome back to the show, Mike. Thank you for having me. Uh, as we were discussing, it feels like I did this three months ago, but it was <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I, I was asking when our last recording was, and it was almost a year to today, right? Yep, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to tell you, Mike, one of the greatest Christmas memories I have uh, of last Christmas, I went to Canada, I had to quarantine for two weeks with my wife-to-be, who is now my wife, mm -hmm. and one of the funnest things that we did was sit together in the same room and listen to the McGruff 2 episode <laughs> of Podcast The Ride. <laughs> Thank you. It was the uh, highlight of our quarantine, I think. Well, I appreciate that. The McGruff, I have a soft spot for McGruff, obviously. Uh, that's the episode where I revealed I had made new McGruff songs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
four new McGruff songs, uh, but it is maybe the f- most fun voice. I'll even we're, I'll show you guys right here this gift that was given to me. Ooh. Oh boy, I'm sure I've shown a place. Um, hey, wow! It's, uh, it's a full McGruff puppet. Wow, a good McGruff puppet. How like, many cops have had their hand up that? <laughs> oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> there are there's definitely like blood, uh, blood inside the hand slot. <laughs> Of this McGruff puppet I'm working right now because it's legit. It was from some schools, like like somebody's found it in a school, like I don't know, closet. Oh, and that's uh, put it on eBay. And my friend bought it for my friend Andrew bought it for me, which is maybe the greatest surprise gift I have ever received. Like I wasn't asking for this, but oh, that's he, I opened a box and I was like, holy shit, it's McGruff, <laughs> and it is like the most fun. It's the most fun voice. It's the most fun voice to do. <laughs> Oh, well, and now like I just want to see most... you. I want to see you make a music video for the Inhalant song with that thing. <laughs> yes, I really should do that. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, it might be a little bit of a production. Yeah. So. Mm, if that... you want McGruff to say anything, I will do the McGruff voice for you. Excellent. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, the puppet is amazing, folks. You got to see it. Uh, that's uh, bad. Yeah, that, that is podcast gold, though. You you guys have been doing so many great things at the uh, time of this recording. You just finished the uh, another session of Hauntcast the Fright, and uh, I, I also really loved your, your Fear Factor Live one, just mm-hmm. ruminating <laughs> on how disgusting mm. it was and what a sad uh, era of, of our lives that was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Fear Factor Live, the Fear Factor show lasted for many years and then came back and was just, when you read about it now, it's like another, like a parallel universe where primetime TV had people like in a, a bathtub full of cow's blood. <laughs> and you're like, yep. what? What was this? <laughs> and well, Joe Rogan was just uh, a game show host, yep. a former sitcom star. He was our hero for taking down Carlos Mencia. Uh, yeah. Of course, we all remember this. You're like, oh yeah, that guy was that guy in his radio. Oh, cool. He said, what to Carlos? Oh, that's, yeah. Oh, cool. Go go for it, Joe. Okay. <laughs> I've said it before. Then, like, yeah, I was just going to say, and then it became the, the uh, like new Walter Cronkite of the <laughs> voice, uh, the conscious conscience of a nation. I, I've tweeted um, this before, but I want them to use deep fake technology to put Ray Romano in, uh, Joe, in Joe Rogan's role in news radio. Just erase him and stick in Ray Romano, <laughs> who is supposed to be cast okay. as that character. Yeah. Right. Better show. Better wow. show. It's hard to go back to now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, well, it's also like, it's like, oh, Andy Dick probably. I, he actually upsets me seeing him mm. more on it. I feel like than I don't know. It's one or the other. But and then and then you got to see a murder victim in there too. Oh it's boy! Just in his last days, it's, it's uh, so sad. Yeah, it's secretly yeah, the no, darkest. There's a lot sitcom. going on. Yeah. Well, and, there's a lot going on on that show. And Dave Foley was going through a lot too, as we would later find out. Like, yeah, it's uh, sure, yeah. And John Lovitz yeah, in that last season. Up. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but hey, happier news. This, yeah, I, I was gonna ask uh, Mike, were you watching live this final Simpsons before September 11th? This is okay. I was gonna maybe get into this is what interesting because I vaguely remember this. Now I'm look, I'm not a special guy. There's plenty of people like me, and I'm sure I've said it on the show before. It's like I'm one of the guys who's like. <laughs> The first 10 were the good, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. You know, it's a boring take. A lot of people have it, and I'm not special. But I'm really trying to remember, because I do remember this episode, but it starts to get these last few of, like, this season is where my memory gets hazy with them. I guess really what it is is I probably did watch this or soon after. It's just that I didn't watch this 50 times in syndication and it's similar to voyager where i got i don't remember like a (laughs) conscious decision but maybe Mm. i was doing something after school and i stopped watching the syndicated versions ever and this had never even had a chance to come into rotation Mm. 
So I've maybe seen this once. I wow. literally have maybe seen huh. this episode once and not in 20 plus years. I've seen this one a lot for some reason because I was still watching syndication up through the early aughts and for whatever reason my syndicator was just showing the later ones mm. so I saw this one a ton and I remember so many of the jokes uh, compared to other season 12 episodes yeah it's interesting because I'm watching I was watching it and I'm like I've seen this but I don't <laughs> know any of the jokes which is rare if it's one of the first so many seasons because I know every joke almost yeah I um, I think I probably saw this one more than most season 12s because I uh, and this one wasn't one that made me mad. I, I told a lot of like, oh, this ending mm -hmm. made me so mad when I was a teenager. But I think uh, conceptually, I was already ready for like, oh, it's another trilogy that's not Halloween. They've done this before, so it's you know, it's right. more of the more of the same. And uh, I think felt... Bible Stories was the first one, and this is the second one. Yep, this okay. is uh, pretty much just the sequel to Bible Stories, you know. And it's uh, I I don't. Uh, I also don't, you know, consider this like the end of innocence or whatever, but because to me, the distance in time in my memory from watching this to watching the season 13 premiere is like 10 years. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels so mm. much. Uh, once I watch that treehouse where Harry Potter's in it, it like it's almost a it's a month and a half after 9-11. So it just feels so long in between those it's like two. Six months after this. Yes. Yeah. It, like it would be so interesting if somebody was there and this is not realistic to document everything that happens to you growing up because things months are years like in our brains or like such seismic shifts happen in our lives at that age that there are as you're saying moments where like it was two months but it felt like one i actually guess i said it the same thing at the start of <laughs> doing this podcast just i'm always fascinated by that like people i know feel 10 years older than i knew in high school than people i know now who are actually younger than that does that make sense like a friend's yeah. sister yeah. who's a year older in my mind is 10 years older than me now even though she's a year older actually like it's so weird how stuff like contracts and expands mm -hmm. in your mind i think the uh, the depressing scientific reason for that is as you get older you have less new experiences and less ways to demarcate yes. that time so everything is new when you're a kid everything is memorable it's why i can barely remember the past two years just i recorded 500 <laughs> podcasts and now here we are <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah i would just love it if it was like somebody's taking a like you know in in june of 2001 you learned an important lesson about love and it changed your brain forever <laughs> like if somebody could document all of these things or what like it would be really interesting to see it's not mm. realistic i'm not I, i'm just this is a real fantasy i'm <laughs> going off on here but well, and uh, I guess, too, another reason it felt so long between this and the season 13 premiere was I think I graduated high school like a week after this aired and I'd started college and had been like through six weeks of college by the time the next one hmm. aired. And yeah, I just uh, even though I was living in the same place and everything <laughs> and uh, I just yeah, it all uh, that's that summer waiting for college felt like a long one, too, I guess. And and also, Mike, I was looking up like, you know, uh, oh, what? what uh things happened around this date if for uh theme parks and unfortunately like nothing opened in may everything like dca was earlier in the year in 2001 you have to tell people right. what that means sorry disney california adventure there you go. yes yeah for, for <laughs> i know what it means mike yes. knows what it knows what it no, means no, but, I, uh, it can't be this inside i can be yeah. inside with simpsons references for our audience but i i gotta uh D disney you california also adventure. have to explain wrestling references like if you use the oh, word yeah. shoot oh, yeah. or a job 
jobber, mm-hmm. you got to let people know. All right, I will. I will. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, and then Disney Sea was a little after this mm. in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and and Universal Japan in the same year. So it was 2001, a big year for uh, for theme parks too. Right before they all yes. have a bunch of problems, thanks to September 11th. So the like the worst park, for Disney California Adventure 1.0, and then the best park, Tokyo Disney Sea, open in the same year. Mm-hmm. Like designed by the same company, it's yeah, pretty insane. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this episode they came up with as a sequel to Simpsons Bible Stories that uh, in season ten showed them that they could do basically a Treehouse of Horror, but not set during Halloween. Which I think now at this point they've done like at least a dozen of those. Oh, yeah. that are not cri- uh, Halloween related. Like they did one for Thanksgiving, they did one, they did one for Christmas, at least one for Christmas. They did one that was just uh, stories about revenge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the one that was just books that uh, the the only one of them I remember was the Fountainhead one where mm. Maggie was voiced by Jodie Foster, which uh, <laughs> <laughs> which at least, though, had Lisa at the start of it going like, Ayn Rand sucks. Like, why are we doing this one? But then they did it anyway. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Um, that's that's wild. So, some of the stuff, yeah, because I have not seen every, uh, you could, you guys could be lying to me about a lot of this stuff. <laughs> well, you know, Mike, I've, I've heard how much you love haunts now, and I was curious yes. if you saw the relatively recent uh, Simpsons one that was set during basically Halloween Horror Nights. I have not seen this. I'm so sorry. I should oh, have. You should. Give it, give it a watch. It's called Halloween okay. Horror from season 26. It's one of the better mm. modern Simpsons ones. It's written by Carol Omine, who you know uh she got her start in season 10 and is still on the show so uh she does a real it's a really good episode about how scary and anxiety inducing halloween uh, horror nights can be to uh, an eight-year-old and uh yeah or a yeah 37 year old oh, <laughs> i've never been to it i've never i have been too scared for halloween horror nights i've never wanted to be too yeah. near it yeah I assume you're referencing I got an anxiety attack during a smallish escape room haunt this year and I had to sit out. I had to bow out before we even went in because I was breathing too heavily in my mask. I was like a like a lady in a Kroger when the pandemic started like I can't breathe in my mask like freaking out but in a grocery store. Uh, but well, mine was a good excuse. I was going to go in an escape room and they were going to put a bag on my head. And there was a minotaur in there. Yeah somewhere yes there was a minute it was something about a minotaur that again i have to stress i was not afraid of whatever <laughs> like 21 year old was playing the minotaur it was the small enclosed spaces wearing a mask and then like them saying it's going to take like 90 minutes to two hours and i didn't even like and then my brain was like you don't even know what it looks like in there it could be like the smallest little box mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. and my brain sabotaged me and well, yeah well, you're still braver than me for even going yep. near those haunts. <laughs> me too. too. Yeah, I wouldn't. I would. Yeah. <laughs> horror nights. Honestly, horror nights. You guys, they run it through. They run you through like a conveyor belt. Mm. It's like there's so many people going in and out. You get like, ah, you do that a lot. <laughs> that's fine. It's honestly, that's like a breath of fresh air compared to some of the other smaller ones. So if there's eventually, if you ever have an opportunity and it's like horror, that horror night's like the best one to do because again, the, if the scares are personal, I think that's way worse. If there's scares you're seeing, oh, I saw that guy get scared. Okay, I saw a guy behind me get scared. <laughs> and then once in a while you get scared. It's not as bad and your brain will get used to it and go like, oh, these are just like character actors yelling at me got it okay <laughs> you you eventually learn that
The Simpsons will be right back. Next Sunday at a special time, it's a giant Simpsons season finale marathon. Good grief. Featuring the all-new Simpsons Talk Tales. Where's Lenny? Hello? I think I found a Wii U. It's not pretty, but it'll do. The Simpsons Marathon next Sunday. Welcome to the break, everybody, hobos and nobos alike. And a big thank you to our guest this week, Mike Carlson from Podcast The Ride. He's always awesome to have on, especially for one so full of Disneyana. And him and his co-hosts, Scott Gardner and Jason Sheridan, were so nice to host me and Bob for a podcast. If you haven't heard it yet, you should really check out me and Bob a couple weeks ago on Podcast The Ride talking about The Simpsons Ride. You're going to have a lot of fun. It's very cool. And if you're enjoying this podcast, you should know me and Bob only do this as our full-time jobs thanks to the support of listeners who sign up at patreon.com slash talking simpsons and for five bucks a month they get access to a ton of exclusive content each month they get a brand new episode of talking futurama and talk king of the hill where we cover a different episode in chronological order of futurama and king of the hill once at a time plus the entire back catalog of exclusive miniseries over a hundred episodes us covering shows like king of the hill futurama as well as Mission Hill, The Critic, and our 10 favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series. Check it all out at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. But if you'd like an even bigger treat than a giant flapjack, you should sign up at the $10 level at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. You get all that $5 stuff I just mentioned, but you also get once a month our premium podcast, What a Cartoon Movie, where we cover an animated feature film super in-depth, just like we do with The Simpsons. This month, you're going to hear us talk about South Park, Bigger, Longer, and Uncut, the 1999 film chosen by our patrons, and the previous month, Lion King 2 Simba's Pride. There's a giant back catalog, over 220 hours of exclusive What a Cartoon movies of us covering films, often for over four hours long. As diverse a list as Beavis and Butthead to America to Akira to a Goofy movie and everything in between. Check it all out. You can find an easy list at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. And uh, in this episode, uh, also, at one point, they thought Jim Carrey would be their big guest star playing the hobo. Right. I guess uh, it didn't work out with the schedule. Is that, the every time they yeah. say a schedule thing, I'm like, well, he said no. Like, he said somebody right. in his group said yes, and then he saw the script and said no. Do you want to be the framing device? Yeah. <laughs> Can we yeah. get you for, like, six, seven hours and a promise <laughs> for, you know, audio pickups if we got to do it? Like, yeah. He... Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I've got a real beef with Tall Tales than I always have because, as a kid, they're always promised to be, these are the crazy stories you've ever heard these characters are just wacky and amazing and super powered the problem is they were written all before comic books came along so <laughs> they just seem boring to me and you know these promises never came true because as a kid i was watching a show where a brain from another dimension was fighting turtles mm-hmm. a guy planting trees yeah. around the country that's not really <laughs> hitting the same marks for me so uh yeah just always thought they were uninspiring which is why the third story in this is just like ah who cares tom sawyer <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, it wasn't like in kindergarten. It was like, oh yeah, who are your favorite 
characters and i was like oh i like ninja turtles and then somebody was like oh thunder i like thundercats and somebody's like i like the ghostbusters and then somebody was like i like the giant paul bunyan <laughs> that's my favorite character that's available to me as far as i know like yeah that doesn't However, how would any kid ever be that interested in Paul Bunyan mm-hmm. in the con- 80s, 90s, 2000s? The concepts are mostly tree-based because one guy plants trees, one guy mm-hmm. chops down trees, and then there's like Pecos <laughs> mm-hmm. Bill who, I don't know, made lightning happen. I, I forget. Uh, well, in all cases, they're about the tame. They're all 1800 stories yeah. about like the taming of the West in a way that doesn't involve like, you know, genocide or slavery, just all the, all the happy, exciting things about American expansion. <laughs> well, I mean, mm-hmm. also, this is such a like, Disney version like these are parodies these are parodies of of public domain things Mm -hmm. but in all three cases they feel like specifically parodying the Disney versions of them that were either in like the Paul Bunyan uh, short or the Johnny Appleseed one that's part of Melody Time or just the general Huck Finness that is done in a million Disney things. So I, it feels yeah. specifically about Disney's mm-hmm. versions of these, which yeah, is how sure. I knew them anyway. Like I, when I still see Paul Bunyan or Johnny Appleseed in my head, it's the Disney cartoon version of them I saw growing up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, Disney has like done such a smoothing over of all of this stuff. I'm sure there's. Have <laughs> you told me Paul Bunyan was like committing genocide across the land? I, like if that was the original version it would not be a shock to me at all i'm not saying that's what he did i don't know that i'm just saying <laughs> if you go oh do you know what disney did they they cleaned up the story of paul bunyan and be like oh yeah that makes sense okay. <laughs> yeah totally yeah i i i also read a good argument for why disney loves to keep expanding their public or the what becomes public domain because so much of their like the first 50 years of disney content was just using public domain stuff so mm-hmm. they know how much public domain is worth and they don't want yeah. the to expand what that is mm-hmm. but for sure yeah <laughs> so well first off this episode begins with a science with a chalkboard gag that is accurate uh because in 2001 bart would have been 21 because he was 10 in 1990 mm-hmm. uh, and so that mm-hmm. would also make bart 42 at the time you're hearing this podcast so <laughs> we're dealing with much worse math today yes yeah <laughs> I think this is yeah. more the season 12 stuff of them feeling the show's age. They're just like, boy, we've been out a long time at 12 years <laughs> of The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And oh, Bart, for, Bart at 42. Like, I know they've done episodes where he's like that old, but... Mm. I don't know. It would it would make more sense. I would actually maybe like it better if he was just 42 on the show. Uh, and then you get to old Bart. But Homer would be just dead of heart disease at this point. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's not fine. a good end for him. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Uh, and uh, we get an NYC subway couch gag. Did the Simpsons predict 9-11 with this? I wonder. Mm. <laughs> no, I. I <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, the the episode is cut up in chunks as well between three writers. The the first segment is Don Payne and John Frank. Uh, though Selman says he wrote the wraparounds for him, so uh, which I think that's why it's all the, the hobo stuff is in well, his one. Frank and Payne are getting those song payments because uh, they've got yeah. a credit at the end. I see. No other writer for their segments wrote songs. Ah, okay, He yeah. puts away the guitar, or the banjo, rather. Yeah, what the hell? You know what? He should have been singing all three segments. Like, that's, that's laziness on the parts of the other writers, really. <laughs> or maybe... Yeah. Or maybe they were told you can well, you can afford one segment of songs. We can't write more than that for this. 
<laughs> so then uh, we start out at the airport. The Simpsons are going to Delaware as, as our opening clip played, which is an internal reference uh, because in the season finale of season 11 in Behind the Laughter, it ends with them. The joke is that the show is out of ideas because the Simpsons <laughs> are going to Delaware. And so now a year later, they're like, yep, we finally come to that. The Simpsons are going to Delaware. This will be the last season. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just like in Simpsons Safari, which we just covered, recently in this podcast they won a contest yes yeah i love hearing march go like i can't believe we won another contest fat tony's moving around bodies the really he should be delegating this to legs and louie you know mm -hmm. like this the boss can't put himself at risk for this stuff that's why you have the goons he's taking a hint from wiggum who does yeah. everything <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know yeah him the two of them we are uh, they function as equals against one another that's true mm -hmm. very Tony was also that, that was uh making fun of the lax airport security i guess yes yeah <laughs> yeah actually uh, the, it's so funny these airport jokes are like their last episode for 9-11 or the last time they can do airport jokes like this of like yeah everybody just mm -hmm. milling around the airport nobody checking nothing you just walk mm -hmm. walk up to the gate and meet somebody all the things we miss <laughs> now Mm -hmm. uh, but but yeah we get to hear how delaware's got it all which yeah i've i've never been there either even though it's the home of our 46th pre president but still never felt the need to go i it's a tax shelter yeah uh, but i oh yeah i guess i also i knew delaware as a joke of a place no one goes to from uh wayne's world mm -hmm. they had the joke too of like yeah that we're in delaware <laughs> there's no specifics to make fun of with delaware it's just it's a place yeah yeah, Delaware also just the name of it. Mm -hmm. I think Delaware is a good joke name. It sounds good. Delaware. Mm -hmm. It sounds, I don't know. This is this is like some old like 50s comedy writer. It sounds funny. That's my idea. That's why they used it. Uh, it's like they, they can't go to Cucamonga anymore. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's got two funny sounds. Uh, and so Homer is, is told that they're going to have to pay a $5 tax, which uh, here's the first of three deleted scenes in this episode. Uh, so in the deleted scene, when Homer shakes his fist, the attendant says that the fee is to fund the yearbook for the Mile High Club. Mm -hmm. uh, and then Homer says, I'm sure there are other airlines that go direct from Springfield to Delaware. And then it's the smash cut to him saying stupid airline industry consolidation. <laughs> Which, that's a good joke, too, but I, I prefer the joke about no fish sh is shaking laws. Well, I mean, that's true now. You can't even joke in line at the oh, airport. yes, yeah. <laughs> I've seen the no joke signs. They wheel them out sometimes. I know. Not Mr. Jokes in the lines. I keep. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like every time I'm in an airport line, <laughs> I think of a joke of like, oh, yeah, I better put away my bomb shoes or whatever. And I think like, don't even say it. It's not It's not even that funny. They've heard them all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just say funny city names that I'd like to visit. <laughs> like comical places around the world. <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yes, the Simpsons are not going to fly to Delaware in our first clip. Hey, wait a minute. Airport tax, $5. Sir, it's a standard fee. Well, we are not boarding that plane unless you waive that tax. Waive it. <laughs> Stupid anti fist shaking laws. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> The Simpsons are riding the rails. Cool, a dead hobo. Morning, folks. What are you going to do to us? Now, don't worry. I'm not a stabbing hobo. I'm a singing hobo. <gasps> Nothing beats the hobo life. Stabbing folks with my hobo knife. <laughs> 
I gouge them. Uh, excuse me, hobo. Can you play something a little less unnerving? <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I was just having a little fun with you no-bows. I want to hear the full version of the hobo song. Mm -hmm. I love that. Where does he go with I gouge them? Uh, first I got, yeah. <laughs> Sounds very descriptive. Uh, a lot of like locations of gougings or is, is coming out there. I guess you can gouge other things. I only think of gouging eyes, but mm -hmm. yeah, there's, there's lots of places you could gouge. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't even, that would be... Mm. <laughs> and then mike reese is credited with the stabbing song as mm. well that's him uh in, uh that you know he earned his one day in paycheck there the one day a week rewrite room guy that uh, i i feel like he earned his his pay that the the, the term hobo knife made yes. me laugh and i still <laughs> yeah. think about it but uh you're saying this for the recording henry this is totally other writers trying to be john Swartzwelder with all of his old-timey stuff i'm surprised mm. his name is not on this i kept thinking he'd yeah. be yeah with these stories of hobos and Tom Sawyer and you know Pioneer Days <laughs> Bindles all that stuff yeah you would think uh, complaining uh, like Derringers all these things feel exactly for him <laughs> but I also kept thinking this hobo I was like well this hobo's got a name right like no he's hobo everybody just calls him uh, like Mr. Mark's, hobo <laughs> Mr. Hobo could you play something else yeah <laughs> mm-hmm it is funny, like Schwarzwelder, and I guess Conan, Conan has a love of obviously that old-timey stuff, but it's like that put all these words in our heads for another couple, like a generation now has hobo and like, <laughs> oh, we're watching Friends. They call, there weren't like fun hobos on Friends, I don't think, as far <laughs> no. as I remember. No. Like, there were no hobos at so Central funny. Perk. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny that that's such a fresh word if you watch The Simpsons, it's in your head. We learned a lot about bindles as well mm -hmm. in our time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, they do have George Meyer around who also is a big hobo fan but yeah this feels I wish if I could trade mm -hmm. I it should be Swartzwelder he doesn't do Simpson Safari he does this and this the 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 writing group they do the the Simpson Safari instead but mm -hmm. uh, not that the, I think everybody does a fine job writing this episode but Matt Matt yeah. Selman has a connection to hobos uh, oh, that's he's, right he's yes. executive producer of the show now 20 years later and apparently his ancestors in Iowa established hobo days which which is a festival happening since uh, 1900 it's still going on wow, so man wow that's okay. uh man he's big time hobo uh man then he came from hobo riches he left it all behind to become a tv writer <laughs> mistake honestly yeah uh i also That's fun <laughs> i i really like it as a joke of they they see what they all assume is a dead hobo and then bart says cool a dead hobo and only when he comes alive is then the shocking music play like they it should be the second they see what they assume is a corpse <laughs> they should be like dun, dun, dun. But instead everybody's fine with that it's it's when he comes alive after being poked mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's expected, I guess, in, in their mind. I don't know why. <laughs> Seeing a corpse. Yeah, it's like, well, we expect to see a corpse on the old Union Pacific, but uh, mm -hmm. they also, they go back and forth with this hobo. Sometimes he's completely unhinged and crazy. Other times he's, you know, pretty lucid and, and knows what he's talking about. But uh, he's, uh, at this point, he starts his song about a man named Bunyan, comma, Paul... Won't you listen to my tale that's ten stories tall about a king-sized woodsman named a bunion comma Paul? Congratulations, Mr. Bunyan! It's a boy! Jesus crow! How was it, honey? Whiskey, please. Me hungry. <laughs> 
corn mighty big, he continued to expand, thanks to a hopped up pituitary gland. His body grew big, but his brain stayed small. He was tree chopping, friend stomping, house crushing Paul. Me hungry. That's a good line. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so, yes, we begin, like, I think when I first saw this, once it faded away, that's when I didn't think I saw a commercial that told me this was an anthology one. So only when it faded to Paul Bunyan, I was like, ah, okay, it's one of these. It's one of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, we start out with Paul Bunyan's birth and um, a very horrifying joke about his mother, like, <laughs> seemingly torn to, I mean, she should be ripped apart is uh but she just she just needs some whiskey to recover. i mean they they made there's two jokes in this as to how uh paul bunyan can interface with a normal size vagina let's yes. just say it right now folks yes, let's just say that these are what the jokes are about yes yep <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah real grotesque I, I definitely like winced at both of those these are these are jokes written by guys who grew up watching you know the disney ones and thinking like well wait if, mm-hmm. if paul bunyan's you know hand is that big what does it mean for x y and z you know these these are the questions they all grew up with like they we meanwhile we grew uh you know people grew up with jokes now about what it does it mean when michelangelo the ninja turtle gets an erection oh, oh. it makes his shell tight as as we learned from that bad joke in the as, michael bay one or of course or as jason lee famously asks stan lee in the film mall rats mm-hmm. is the thing's dork made of orange rock <laughs> yep yes yeah <laughs> We know that uh, line. That's famous. All, yes. Yep. Uh, yeah. Dork is something we all said to dork. refer to penises. Yeah. What a weird. Yeah. There's so many weird lines in that movie that feel like he was told, like, don't write. Like, no, this is how kids talk. It's Kevin Smith. <laughs> had, had the word dork mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, poor. That was, that's such a weird Stan Lee. Of all the Stan Lees, it's like uh, for like one <laughs> year he had a beard. And that's mm-hmm. how he is in Mallrats. And so it's. That's this, how I know him. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that movie 30 times. <laughs> Mm-hmm. There's another terrifying scene of Paul Bunyan hollowing out a cow via its udders, but the cow blinks, which I guess means it's not dead. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's pretty bad. But he does kill Nelson. Nelson dies twice in this episode. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Another animal murder in this whole episode too, though. So oh, like yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. yeah. There's a lot of death. It's def- not Halloween. <laughs> it's definitely getting under the Halloween rules. You know, that's too, in the Bible stories, they got away with like so much murder as well that they're like, I guess, you know, if, as, as long mm-hmm. as it's a fantasy story, we can get away with murder or even a joke that no way would they get away mm-hmm. with that in this segment. Yeah. Another it's, one. Uh, and, things have changed in 20 years. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, mm-hmm. we hear all about tree chopping friends, stopping house, crushing Paul, uh, which, <laughs> which said, that's pretty good, Henry. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, you could be a singing hobo. <laughs> it's my pl- you know. After I muscle you out of this podcast, <laughs> post Patreon. <laughs> uh, that's my plan to ride the to ride the rails. But um, but I, I though I need to start learning the banjo. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> but, it's got fewer strings on the guitar. I think I, I've heard it's much harder to play the guitar. We're we're talking to a real musician here with, with Mike. I've never tried to play. Honestly, I've never tried to play the banjo. I'm not a great guitar player, but I can pass 
<laughs> uh, I can do some stuff on it. But yeah, from what I understand, the banjo is hard. It's picking. I'm a bad picker as well, mm. which means you like, instead of like strumming, you're like picking and your fingers go, you know, they have to do like 10 things at once. So yeah, I, I would like, you know, I'd like to try the banjo, but I, <laughs> I don't have one. Uh, but yes, it's time for Paul's breakfast in our next clip. Time to make Paul's breakfast. Hey, Paul, flapjacks. All right, uh, let's get started on lunch. And uh, wait, where's Lenny? Hello? Can anybody hear me? I think I found a way out. It's not pretty, but it'll do. Ooh, boy. It's, uh, it has to be pretty scatological as well because it's, uh, it's a Halloween-ish one. But that, you know, as a kid, my favorite thing in Bunyan stories were giant pancakes because I mm-hmm. love pancakes and just seeing a giant pancake and, and thinking like, oh, man, or flapjack specifically. Like, was was that know. a common element of the Bunyan mythology, the giant oh, yeah. pancakes? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because central to Paul Bunyan was that he was, ba- I uh, I recall this from like uh, childhood school lessons, but it was that he was the story of like lumberjacks chopping down, like lumberjacks would say to each other, oh, you can eat a big plate of flapjacks, but Paul Bunyan can eat more. Like mm. he was just this made up guy. Was he an invention of the flapjack industry? <laughs> Maybe, mm. you know, he used to sell Kodiak cakes. He's owned by Lowry's well. flapjacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I do remember the pancakes thing. And also that being the most exciting part because <laughs> again like we saw giant man i mean even the jolly green giant i think i liked better than paul bunyan to mm-hmm. be honest though i did like, like he was I, more fun i like watching him fight babe the blue ox and stuff like that's funny to watch but yeah, yeah that's true but, i liked blue a lot yeah that's true i did like blue i like any animal it was like blue but yeah thinking of these like giant flapjacks like i just i uh you know bob is uh is is on the waffle side yeah. of the flapjack versus waffle war uh, they're superior i mean we've, yeah. we've, uh, we've already agreed to this, this. yes yeah but okay. the, <laughs> the skating around on the griddle in the butt with the butter too like that but that's where the simpsons is starting with the disney joke about it and then they're the level up to it is the paul bud eats the man and must poop them out that's the that's their next level to it <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Bob Anderson and his team do a really good job. I love his the flapjack flying in the air and Homer just eating it with one bite. Like that's uh, that's really good. And yeah, in general, Bob Anderson and his team have a real challenge here because they have to draw the regular Springfieldians in three different designs for all three of them. Like they and that all are kind of similar, but not like you know the Missouri Mo doesn't exactly look like right. the Paul Bunyan Mo. You know they're they're. Yeah, they're wearing different costumes and different sketches. You're right. Yeah, it's uh, it, they have to do so much in the design wise. It's a lot of extra work. And uh, yeah, it's something that you really don't think of as a child. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, this is a big pain in the ass for them. <laughs> uh, I still it's think fun for more fun for the writers, I'm sure. But yes. big pain in the ass for everybody else. I I still think uh, there's some Simpsons writers who think that well, if I just write it down, the animators draw it. It just happens. You know, it's not more work yeah. if, if I write one thing or a different thing. I, I'm just 
just learning now there was a 2017 animated uh paul bunyan movie i mean it's public domain i'm sure they made a lot of these but uh, let's see john goodman is uh paul bunyan and uh guess who is babe the blue locks you'll never guess uh but josh gad jeff foxworthy oh of course of wow. course yeah but, why did why'd you say of course i uh, well you know what that seems now i understand what budget they're working with there in the audience with the the getting jeff foxworthy i get it it now. means they couldn't get larry it. the cable guy that absolutely is what <laughs> he's a prestige voice actor this point. <laughs> the white why is blue not like why does blue babe the blue ox need to talk and say like check please dialogue like can't he just be quiet just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah why isn't he also why isn't he like santa's little helper or something Oh yeah, this yeah that uh, yeah they don't do enough with Babe when when Babe shows up. Uh, it's uh, they they kind of they actually cut out Babe's only like really funny thing he does in in the episode. Mm. But uh, this this also captures what I always saw it as a kid too of like well who would really want Paul Bunyan around? Like I mean sure he chops down a lot of trees, but seems like you're you know losing money on the deal in the end. Mm-hmm. You know this guy just. Uh, I mean <laughs> we've all seen the Amazing Colossal Man. Oh yeah, it's, it's a hard yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what? I mean, what would you do with a friend like Paul Bunyan? Mm, yeah, he's... You just yell. You have to shout at him. <laughs> I'm shocked they didn't do a joke about how big his dumps would be, either. <laughs> I'm shocked. that. I guess that's more of a family guy joke, but... <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of crass they could do. More crass stuff. <laughs> but uh, they decide they're going to throw him out of town, just like Laura Ingalls Wilder, uh, who's uh, the creator of Little House in the Prairie, which I had to look up, of course. I did not know that off the top of my head. I knew it because I despised that television show. <laughs> I never watched like uh, more than a second of yeah. that show. Yeah, but her name is up front. I think. Uh, okay. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, she was uh, a, a female novelist back in her time pretty rare you know right it's, uh, it, it's impressive i'll give her that there. but uh yeah. and uh, she was born in 1867 so you know kind of lines up timeline wise this vague 1800s ish setting here mm-hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah everybody's like just loves that they threw out well, her and so <laughs> they decide they're going to do the same to paul and he gets kicked out of town in this next clip with a uh, still a shocker of a joke to me <laughs> I look we gotta do something about bunyan we're going bankrupt just feeding and clothing the guy, not to mention the crushings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, hey, I say we get him drunk and drag him out of town. Same way we got rid of Laura Ingalls Wilder. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. I hated her. <laughs> uh, hey, Paulie, uh, what say we buy you a beer? Uh, you guys are the greatest friends a giant doofus could have. <laughs> Good lord, brought down by one beer. And a couple of these babies. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to the bond dance. I, I wrote down yikes, yikes. And I guess they yeah. wanted to have the word roofie written on the pill, but uh, that was shot down. <laughs> I'm glad cooler heads prevailed yeah. there. We, were, we had a good, like, five-year run of roofie humor in pop mm-hmm. culture before people realized, like, oh, this is not that funny. Actually, yes. it's not funny at all, and no. uh, let's not do this anymore. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different... I also, yeah, was like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I There's so many different... The horse tranquilize, obviously, old school ushered in a horse tranquilizer that decade of jokes mm-hmm. and there's different there's different things i guess you could say <laughs> you put in a giant's drink to knock him out yeah 
but it's that the barn dance uh line that's the um yeah that's the extra well yes the, t- <laughs> to the tying it to yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mo's not a good guy. I think uh, this is the, you know, I'm trying to think the last time I saw it as an acceptable joke in a, in a mainstream thing. I feel like it was uh, The Hangover. I mm. feel like that was the last time I remember hearing mm. a roofie joke in something that everybody was like, oh, it's okay. You know, all, all's well. Or, or not... <laughs> <laughs> not, not all's well but i'm just like hey i'm watching a dirty cartoon or i'm watching a dirty movie this is just the jokes you know but mm-hmm. uh, they i mean they say lots of words in that hangover movie that i'm like whoa 2010 was that. a different time yeah yes. and, and 2001 even more but yeah i i don't like these types of jokes done with mo i prefer i'd rather they be jokes about self-harm yeah than, yeah than him being uh guilty of sexual at assault or at least planning it let's turn the violence inwards yeah yeah exactly mo was well mo walked so quagmire could run. yes yes uh, yeah. actually i was just thinking of quagmire it's <laughs> true uh, we will live mm-hmm. to see the retirement of quagmire oh sure i'm shocked <laughs> i'm shocked it hasn't happened yet me too you know? <laughs> like a tearful on a baseball field <laughs> giving a farewell speech <laughs> quagmire, quagmire moves out of town yeah no yeah. i i mean we already we we talked about this recently uh that they cut the um quagmire and marge joke from hulu airings of that family guy episode that um, oh yeah yeah yep they it's it's finally because it should have been cut before it aired i'd say mm-hmm. but uh now it's gone so it's, mm-hmm. c- it's censored again in this in this modern I, i'm joking um but uh so yes they knock out paul they drag him out of town by his shoelaces which is pretty strong by all these mm-hmm. people they don't drag him very far no 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 just to send a message that's what i like to they they're just like they let him wake up to know you're not wanted and it hurts his feelings and he leaves like that's what i feel really sad for him he's like oh they don't want me <laughs> yeah so he then uh very daintily carves himself a pal uh which then he goes to sleep very briefly the real aurora borealis shows up not a not a house fire but the real one and it mm-hmm. uh it brings babe to life which they don't do enough jokes with it when you know when i see babe the blue ox i think of william h macy and fargo the movies oh yeah babe the blue ox they, i like to see him drink beer the That's, ox. that is fun yeah uh mm-hmm. and so after he's born there's another deleted scene homer says he'll whip him from dawn to dusk <laughs> uh which then babe kicks him in the balls which that's why that picture is in the uh the over the credits oh right yeah. <laughs> so they uh they mm-hmm. kept they kept the only bit that was really funny to see just like once you see just a freeze frame of a ball kick that's that's all you need <laughs> yeah that's and, a good rule of comedy and i think the sequence of landmarks feels like a disney reference too like that they're like oh and that's how the, this was born and this was born like that's how it explains like the great lakes were his footprints or something i yeah. believe in the original i did uh love big holes with beer national park that's a good one i want to go there good one. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah that's a fun a fun sign but uh but then he goes a little too far with his uh, hobo story Bunyan never fought Rodan, and his size seems to be really inconsistent. I mean, one minute he's ten feet tall, the next his feet are as big as a lake. Hey, 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 who's the hobo here? I'm just saying. 
I think I had similar <laughs> issues that Lisa had with these tall tales too. Like, yeah, he chopped down a mountain. I'm sure. Yes, I, yeah. I liked uh, fiction with rules. I, I as agree. a kid, yeah. It's also like the road putting Rodan in there. Then immediately, I would think as a kid, you'd be like, yes, better. Yeah. Oh, let's let's just see Rodan. Like these are the myths of our childhoods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, though I. I uh, have to point out that they gave Rodan Godzilla's roar. Mm. That is not the Rodan war mm. roar. And they probably didn't clear that roar. No, you got to yeah. pay for that roar. <laughs> Disney's, you know, liable in this with these the roars they're putting in. Toho, I'm, I'm still shocked they haven't. They, David Silverman tells this funny story on another of their commentaries where David Silverman is a co-director on Monsters, Inc. And they wanted to have the Godzilla roar in it. And they were told they couldn't. And so then he's asked uh, Al. Gene or one of the Sims producers, how'd you guys get the roar in this? And they're like, we didn't ask. We just, <laughs> we just put it in and then got away mm-hmm. with it. They have rules. I mean, that's also, yeah, yeah. Anytime don't ask is usually better. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll probably get in a lot of trouble, but I mean, maybe we should all put it in our like intros of our podcast. Just got little <laughs> roaring and see what happens. <laughs> um, but I would, I would be interested to know like the contract that they signed for like Godzilla Kong. Like, is it a similar situation to like, like, hearing that jason statham can't lose a fight in a movie oh like they have rules i was they have these crazy specific rules i was thinking about that the entire time i watched that movie i was i was Mm. not (laughs) half the time i was i i enjoyed that movie it was a good movie Godzilla versus kong but half the time at least i was thinking like oh kong got slightly a win here and a character says i guess round two goes to kong which like that felt (laughs) like somebody in a boardroom says well you got to give kong at least like a little bit of a win we've we've agreed that godzilla's gonna beat him but let let kong have a, you know a, a moral victory right let's here. see their health bars on the screen yes yeah <laughs> now there's I, a negotiation for sure i mean i think i read an interview uh, where the director said he's he was an old school wrestling fan so he was thinking of this in pro wrestling terms <laughs> too of just this fight and he's a theme park guy because it's, it's he said inspired by back to the future the ride oh really they're in that little via they're in that vehicle that's like going to the hollow earth oh man that that yeah, that mm-hmm. should be a ride. Universal needs to get uh, get with Warner and Legendary on that, I guess, and and make that a ride. And I'll say this about this: uh, this will be the last thing I'll say. Is that <laughs> on HBO Max, and I forget I'm forgetting the gentleman's name who directed the movie, but they said like they had his favorite films that you could watch if you watched Godzilla Kong, and the first two were Ninja Turtles one. And behind the candelabra, wow, my favorite movies. Wow, man, I, you got to find so. this guy, I and mean, you've got a new friend here. Exactly, this is my best friend. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yes, this is the real Rodan sound effect. <laughs> There you go. That's the re- that's really how Rodan sounds. Yeah. But but I appreciate that they just put Rodan in there instead of, you know, Godzilla's the yeah. easy one. Every or King Kong choosing Rodan. People even know Gamera at this yeah. point. Yes, yeah. Go deeper. Like mm-hmm. Ro- Rodan was like a two movie baddie who he wasn't even the lead guy in uh, in the King of All Monsters. Like he's the sidekick to Ghidorah in that one. <laughs> great reference <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> uh but so yes as as uh, lisa is silenced we then get to hear about a, an itch that a bull couldn't scratch which is uh, love and uh i think too it's just really good it's a really good visual gag and like that's 
extra complex that it's his perspective gag that marge thinks that's a normal sized man who's kind of close not a very far away giant and just them running towards each other and her then turning to run away like it's executed really well I, yeah it's a good visual gag yeah uh, but marge at first is freaked out and then instead falls in love even after she's used as a q-tip uh she she still is in love with this guy uh marge is weird that's that's really the important thing to remember i i'm also glad they say it on the commentary they considered putting earwax on her hair and i'm really glad they Mm -hmm. didn't that that would be too well you know a lot of people have this fetish and it's coming true for marge (laughs) that's the one time where someone can actually have this in their life sure it's true Mm -hmm. uh all these giant fetishes you you can't really happen unfortunately but she's she's Mm -hmm. getting to see it here in this tall tale i wonder if someone was really horny after homer ate lenny they're like finally they're doing vor on the simpsons (laughs) (laughs) there's no telling what people like i would be so fascinated Mm -hmm. like who watched this at puberty and it unlocked something (laughs) uh well we've all seen the ads on certain websites that show that it it activated simpsons activated something for some people Mm -hmm. we've all seen them yes that's true no need to be uncouth or or bloody (laughs) and talk about no please (laughs) that's our side podcast (laughs) uh But uh, there's a cute little joke of uh, Marge being rained on with mu- the Museum of Stuffed Animals and then a guard falling on her. That, that's cute. And I also really mm-hmm. like the animation of her, like, funny, like, ooh, like, her <laughs> just, like, very, like, uh, like, she's so complimented by this giant ring put around her. Was this a uh, deep impact plot part of Paul Bunyan? Uh, the meteor? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't recall it okay. from any Bunyan thing I watched. I I mean, there's also, there's there's not a canonical love interest for him like there is for like, Pecos Bill has a girl that is like horse hates and he breaks up their marriage. I, I believe her bustle is so big she gets bounced to the moon is what happens to her. But uh, I don't recall Paul Bunyan having a girl uh, friend and stuff. I feel, yeah, I feel like they were just like, well, what would be fu- a big thing that would go up Paul Bunyan's butt like what would be a f- the funniest yes. thing yeah. we could do there and uh, they did land on like the funny I think that is a yeah I think a, so a piece, yeah piece uh, of space debris and uh first though we get a joke by Marge saying that uh you know uh, I need a few more lo- yoga classes is her reasoning for why they can't uh which yeah I mean physically it is impossible like i mean yeah i don't want to i i know they want us to think about you yeah know, you Paul want bunyan's to... member and in they're, it, they're putting it, that in your head yes yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a lot yes but but fortunately fiery death uh distracts us from more thoughts about that <laughs> and uh i love hearing that god has sent this fiery rock to kill us to this fiery kill rock to show us his love that's a great line and i love mm-hmm. old-timey mayor quimby saying that <laughs> and then it's a very like simpsons almost never does this of them say like we know who to call then like screen flip in a sound effect like it's like that's like a bewitched kind of editing yeah that they do not do on the show <laughs> yeah it was weird to see that uh someone was just playing with the star white machine it seemed like <laughs> yeah that yeah that's a good point i didn't even think about that but yeah that is jarring you know they got uh, i would bet they were put pressed for time like all of their trilogy episodes are you know like they uh and so homer realizes that uh when i'm crushing and killing you you don't like me but when i can save your life suddenly suddenly i'm mr popular <laughs> which he's happy to be mr popular he's not saying that passive aggressively he, he loves being mr popular mm-hmm. i i'm also surprised he doesn't like kick any townsfolk or stomp on them while doing his happy jig like his feet are i, so was, I was waiting for someone some crushings to happen yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, that yeah, that would make more sense because they foreshadowed it or they they teased mm-hmm. it earlier. He uh, um, he he did cripple a boy off screen, but uh, which is pretty similar to the better Mr. Burns joke mm-hmm. in, in in Palmer Loves Flanders. Of, I I know because I crippled it myself. That's that's a better version of that joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, and it's also with an evil or character mm-hmm. instead of just like Homer or Paul Bunyan being just like thoughtless and he, destructive. He does express regret over it. Yeah. <laughs> But yes, the That's rock true. does go into his ass. Yeah. The second he shows his ass crack, you know where it's headed, but I'm glad it happens so fast after you see it. They're not making you wait on thinking about like, all right, when's this going to go in his ass crack? It's a tasteful asteroid in his asshole. Joe. Yes. Yeah. And he he wrenches say. it out pretty fast and uh, mm-hmm. and destroys the city of Chicago, which, yeah. Mm-hmm. How, did, growing up, did you what did you learn much about the the, uh, the Great Chicago Fire, Mike? Any, they didn't I, teach it in school? No, they, uh, I'm trying to think if they taught it in school or I was told it by parents. Like, I, the Mrs. O'Leary cow mm-hmm. kicks a lantern over and it burns down half the city. And it was literally something I went, okay, got it. So if anyone <laughs> ever asked me about it, I would say, oh, the cow kicked the lantern over. There's a song or whatever. But I never investigated. I never went, is that really the story? What do you, that seems like a pretty... Neat and tidy explanation. It's a tall tale. <laughs> I know for sure yeah. one of our listeners is writing three paragraphs about it right now in the comments section. <laughs> the Great Chicago Fire of 1871. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I I knew the fairy tale like the simplest version of it, and never again. It felt like it felt fake. Like any like history you're learning in school is like that was a long time ago, and then you get older and you're like the 1970s wasn't that long ago. Yes. Yeah. Like, horrifying. All this horrifying shit you're reading about was like 10 years before you were born. <laughs> And still went on while you were alive. You know, in my uh, history classes, they'd they'd always get up to like if we were lucky, World War Two, and then it just cuts off. No more talking about it. Maybe that was uh, my Florida school not wanting to talk about things that yeah. happened after 1945. And also, just like yeah, books cost money. Uh, I think the last yeah. thing in my history books growing up was uh, Here Comes Reagan. Oh, just yes, got elected. Yeah. <laughs> it's like well, that was like ten years ago. Uh huh. Yeah, I, that's another thing. I love videotape of just. Uh, what teachers were saying to me that I don't remember. (laughs) I remember the broad strokes of it, but can you imagine if you had like videotape from second grade history? Mm. (laughs) How many times you'd be like wincing at like, oh, that's not the story. (laughs) That's 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 an oversimplification of events. Oh, that's going to ruin some of these kids' brains for later when they think mm. America is the best superpower on Earth. <laughs> I, I still uh, had maps with the USSR on it for a lot of my me schooling too. years, as I recall. I did, yeah. yeah, we had one or two. I think I remember that in, in one or two classes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the Miss O'Leary's cow. The, the, I, the, the sh- episode, I was also thinking, like, it's really just like, I don't know if you'd call it a metaphor for just Marge and Homer. Like, Marge does not belong with this paul bunyan (laughs) the giant doofus for some reason yeah yeah. for some reason she's still with this guy even though he's an idiot and bad bad for her now my yeah i think we just need to take the like marge has uh, mental issues of her own and she's just like no i love this killer giant man who destroys everything i just i love her what also is like uh i don't know sexually into him as well like she's she wants to have sex with paul bunyan it's just like physically unsafe for her and she's she's trying to work her way up to it like that's... right and she's attracted to homer in many episodes mm-hmm. 
which I prefer. Not always. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I only when he gets to 300 pounds does she find him uh, less not sexually attractive anymore. But at his point, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yes, as the as the story ends, they learn there's a price for every story. And that's how Paul Bunyan started the Great Chicago Fire. Boy, that story had everything. A giant, house-crushing, a meteor. Townspeople. <laughs> Got any more tall tales? <laughs> well, I suppose I could spin you a few more yarns. But first, who wants to give me a sponge bath? I'm filthy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but your next story better be worth it. <sighs> Get in there good. Yeah, that's it. Don't be shy. There you go. <laughs> my note for this is homer awkwardly washes the nude stranger in front of his wife and children yes yep yep <laughs> but, uh when you put it that way he, he gets naked really fast too yeah, he's like instantly <laughs> naked yes. also later in the episode when he gets naked also the posing of it i forgot when he says like uh, don't be shy homer definitely is between his legs like he's he's in the zone as it were <laughs> like he's not even in her thigh he, he's he is cleaning his genitals which yeah 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 <laughs> homer's like full-on captain wacky here <laughs> yes yeah he's the version of homer uh this is uh you know this this is the cleanest hobo around this ho hobo homer, <laughs> homer has heard all the manscaped ads he knows that uh hygiene down there is important <laughs> yeah it's true that's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that uh, there has to have been like a manscaping joke in the last few seasons, right? Where Homer like mm. talks about self groom you grooming. You guys yeah. know you would know maybe. Oh yes, uh, I'm sure it's happened. I Homer has to yeah. say manscaped is what I'm saying. In the last so many years, I would be shocked <laughs> if he didn't. Somebody had to. If anybody would, it'd be Homer or maybe comic book guy. Maybe he said that. It's been a while since I managed. Maybe Mo. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Or yeah. uh, you know, Lenny. He's pretty. He he'd be a guy who cares about manscaping. That's, That's uh, true, Lenny. I could see Lenny saying that. If it hasn't happened yet, then we're pitching it now to any writers listening. Like, please, free of charge. Yeah. My joke pitch for the Simpsons. Episode title could be called "The Great Manscape." because uh, that that didn't work as an episode title because it's a like fifty year old movie. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, which always gets to be the name of the. Episode episode yeah did homer do a pod he's done a podcast right on an episode um or no can't lisa, brockman somebody can't brockman started a podcast that lisa participated in and marge and lisa super got into true crime podcast that, that yeah did happen okay. and yeah. one episode is uh the framing device is crusty talking to mark Marin on his podcast yes, they did that okay too. Yeah. yeah so there's opportunity there were opportunities for manscaping ads there yeah yeah that, i mean well no the episode uh, the the podcast why i just mentioned that's where your pals the doughboys even appear on screen of in course it. Yes. yes yes of course they're they don't have lines no they, no lines but they they the are drawn yeah. in there yeah which is pretty mm -hmm. I'll, I'll forever be jealous of that you know <laughs> one of these one of these days we just gotta get i we need uh, to i want i want to be spoofed yeah uh, yes. i demand they spoof me mm -hmm. yeah. if they, you know what honestly if they said we're gonna draw the three you podcast the right guys in the background and you don't have any lines they'd say no thanks <laughs> <laughs> what if they kill you in we something? want lines oh, we okay. want lines you hold out saying. for lines hold I out see. for lines yeah <laughs> you know maybe weiger's thinking like the lines will come next time this is the test the first time mm. and then the line will come and they'll, they'll have me back <laughs> and then the line comes yeah the audience will demand it it'll be like early crowd scenes where 
<laughs> like it, it, certain characters didn't talk yet or have a personality and then eventually mm. <laughs> they, yeah. then they move in eventually Weiger in season 40 <laughs> next door neighbor Nick Weiger moves mm-hmm. into town yeah. <laughs> but uh but yes we come back from the commercial break and uh we have an act out of Southside jake and tin can tilly fighting over beans and bindles and then uh making this feels out alongside. completely ad-libbed <laughs> yeah like like yeah. the end of the episode it's true yeah uh i even though with the name tin can tilly it's it seemingly is a bit between a man and a woman i prefer to imagine two male hobos <laughs> making out here that's i i want to imagine that he's got to finish the the mind make out though his story's yes. not over yeah. until you know how long they made out <laughs> it would it would be a disservice to his tail if they didn't if he didn't make out longer uh <laughs> then the hobo decides he needs to tell a new story and he does the greatest sin that can be done in fiction gender swapping oh no um, yes i wrote this down as well yes <laughs> all the the your star wars anti-social justice warrior youtubers would be so upset with the mm. simpson episode <laughs> uh only johnny appleseed would have the you know the strength in his <laughs> legs to do all that walking a woman can't it's like biologically they these can't are, these walk are all America. bio truths <laughs> yeah yes this is uh, ray skywalker all over again they'd be upset women don't understand apples on the same level really mm-hmm. if you i mean studies have shown just, women yeah. don't like apples <laughs> as much as men she, she's a mary sue you know yeah. <laughs> uh but yes it's the tale of connie appleseed which is really about killing buffaloes yes yes it is back around 1840 the great pie known as america was still cooling on the windowsill and everybody headed west for a slice cleaning my gun with the safety up safety up safety up cleaning my gun with the whoopsie <laughs> Dad, you just killed a poor, defenseless buffalo. A poor, delicious buffalo. He'll be dinner for the whole wagon train. Why'd you kill another one? Dessert. <laughs> oh, hey, I found a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Man, buffalo are easy to kill. People, if you don't stop this slaughter, you'll wipe out the buffalo. Wipe out an entire species? Well, that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> the buffalo laughing at that they'll never die out is well, maybe my favorite joke in the episode. I just, I love their little, like, they're, <laughs> that also just these three buffalo are just laughing as they're surrounded by dozens of piles of buffalo corpses just mm-hmm. all around them but well, yeah, they're like chortling i guess you would call it maybe yes yeah i bet just call that a chortle and some of these are frank welker his uh penultimate appearance on the show he's got ah, one more man right before they, mm-hmm. they decide that dan is good enough at making sounds and they're not going to pay frank welker we don't need to bring someone in just to moo yeah <laughs> mm. That's, uh, yeah, Bob, uh, Mike, uh, Bob recently did the expose on, on why Frank Welker stopped being hired. And it, it's as simple as they wanted to spend less money. Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm. Often the case. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I read up on this on a, a wonderful Smithsonian article about uh, how the buffalo died out. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, at the time this episode is said, it was estimated that there were 30 million buffalo and 200,000 would be killed a year by you know uh westward expanding pioneers Mm -hmm. like in this episode but it's actually what was killing them off wasn't that got them hunted a lot 
but what apparently really pushed them to the brink of extinction was the expansion of railroads oh uh, because apparently that's when uh, a bunch of assholes who re- did it for sport instead of food would just like sit on the top of railroad cars or from their railroad cars see buffalo out the window like oh blam and just leave them there just shoot them and go keep going down the railroad yeah and, and this happened to the point that by 1884 there were about 300 buffaloes yeah. left uh but wow. they actually were saved and as of 2017 the uh estimate is 500,000 living bison or buffalo in the u.s so they they almost went to extinction but to find out that it was just like 1800 rich jerks on their train shooting them from a distance like i'm just remembering uh hans sprungfeld's line uh i didn't tame the buffalo they're already tame i merely shot them (laughs) that's a great line (laughs) Uh, Uh, that is just the cart most cartoonish version of like the average american Mm-hmm. with their excess and w- excess and waste <laughs> where they're just shooting buffalo from the top of a train for, yep. for fun yep just to see like it. jimmy john like jimmy john in a <laughs> photo or uh just or papa just papa john hunt too i don't I remember would bet oh, all those john sick Shawnee freaks yeah. Oh, yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Like, kill, kill I mean, a rhino and they're so proud of it <laughs> after epstein went to jail they were like what else do we do uh kill an elephant i guess yeah. it mm-hmm. feel it almost feels the same i, I gotta make something hurt <laughs> yeah uh, uh apparently uh even they uh, on the show felt bad about how many times they were showing dead buffalo and they actually cut down it there's and made all, a lot of the murders off screen yes yeah there's mm. there's actually a deleted scene where it's surrounded by more dead buffalo and them eating buffalo at camp uh there's also a bit where carl and lenny are talking and while they're eating buffalo carl then speaks like a f troop native american mm-hmm. and he says mm-hmm. like well why lenny asks, why are you doing that and he says oh i learned it from the the indians it's how you save time by cutting out words so you get like two minutes back a day <laughs> so uh apparently that was only cut because they're like ah, more dead buffalo we have to show like 80 more dead buffalo for this scene so let's let's just lose that mm-hmm. uh and as usual in this time too the joke is that lisa or connie must be mocked for her conservationism and everyone hates her for being a, a nag about about taking care of the buffalo it's time for the jingle even all oh, right this applies yes. to the alternate version of lisa too yes take that lisa's beliefs <laughs> <laughs> Uh, her beliefs being that you shouldn't kill every animal you can <laughs> uh, but uh, but so Lisa dis- or Connie uh, decides she needs to find some sort of renewable resource uh, which I like a bit of a tree seemingly calling out to her but it's actually mole man mm-hmm. drowning <laughs> it's, uh, and you know for me growing up Johnny Appleseed of all the tall tales I had to hear about I think he was my favorite because I liked apples I like that he you know is just a guy who walked from town to town and planted apple trees and mm-hmm. that's all the guy did and he made things with <laughs> apples he was just a crazy guy with apples you know it, i i could see myself like oh well, <laughs> i could walk to places and plant apples i could 
getting now, chopped down a tree. Did you like apples or did you like apple flavoring on Garfield fruit snacks? Hey, I like, you can like both things. Okay, okay. I, I can like apple pies and also apple uh, flavored things too. Okay. Yeah, like, uh, or a McDonald's apple pie, the, the crispy and deep fried thing that uh, technically have apples in them. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Johnny, I mean, Johnny Apples, he'd also seem like he was like, he would relate to him like Robin. You're like, oh, this is a younger guy. I could hang with this guy. I could maybe help him out. Like, and he's always you can definitely see, see like, yeah, you can definitely see being friends with this guy. And uh, he's more relevant now than ever because he's always getting his steps in. That's true. Yeah, he gets. Mm-hmm. He really gets a workout. That guy. Though I, yeah. though I wasn't into the uh, the shoelessness uh, implied <laughs> in most uh, Johnny Appleseed stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's he's. Uh, I mean, now maybe that. Speaking of activating people, maybe the shoelessness of Johnny Appleseed growing oh. up in the fifties <laughs> gave gave people a lot of uh, thrills as well. <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, but yes, Very possible. Connie is trying to sell people on apples, and uh, it's not working out for her. Mom, Dad, look what I found! <gasps> oh boy, buffalo testicles! <laughs> oh, Dad, they're apples. Yuck! Well, that's it. I don't want anything to do with this wagon train of death. Either switch to apples or go on without me. Hmm. You'll be sorry! (laughs) So Connie roamed the prairie alone, planting apple seeds all along the way. She even changed her last name to Appleseed, and her family changed theirs to Buffalkill. That <laughs> uh, the the I guess Bonanza style the map lights on fire right. to reveal the next. That's scene. a better cut than the flip, the screen flip. Mm-hmm. I did laugh really hard and replay the animation of uh, you think it's a buffalo sleeping by the fire, but then Homer zips his way out of it. Yes, yeah, that's great. <laughs> so he, they're using all the parts. It seems like yeah, you know they're not mm-hmm. wasteful. I mean Homer loves eating buffalo testicles. Mm-hmm. You know the ho- yeah. Homer buffalo kill. <laughs> And we mentioned Fear Factor earlier, and that's definitely something I had to do on that show. Yep. Yeah. All so many testicles people had to eat on those shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which, uh, <laughs> uh, but Homer, the excitement, and then Homer saying, yuck, to, to, <laughs> to hearing it's an apple is so good. Also, I uh, in sound design, I love that the wagon train impossibly sounds like a car peeling out. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so apparently they, uh, on the script level, they had had a scene where Bonnie meets Johnny Pothead, who's uh, Otto, passing around. <laughs> weed but they they decided not not to go with that one well, i want to see that design yeah that would be fun i uh, maybe they realized they couldn't have like uh, a pot leaf or whatever that would be needed for for that but uh, i yeah, the joke play without it yeah yeah i i mean he's gonna have to smoke pot on some level you think and mm-hmm. have a bong hat <laughs> with one would expect mm-hmm. like is that like a foam dome there's yeah. two little bongs on the side. Oh, yeah, I like that. That sounds good. It just sounds dang. Yeah. Like, you're just going to spill disgusting water everywhere. <laughs> Don't do that. Also, that thing is really hot by your head. That Yeah, that seems it seems dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I do like the design of Connie Appleseed with a little hat and everything. It's cute. That's cute. I mean, yeah, like that. Is that going to be because I, I want to there's a making figure super seven this company's making simpson figures i don't know if you guys guys have talked about that but 
I had there's like a little good, Connie Appleseed. There's some good figures in the in Super Seven, but yeah, it'll be a while before. I figure they'll do the biblical ones first, and and most versions of Treehouse before they finally get yeah, to, yeah. The, to the Tall Tales. Like yeah. Fun, probably Funko did a series of uh, the Simpsons as like Roman characters from the last year season premiere. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, which I mean, I don't know if it was a popular episode, but uh, I, I assume most pe- more people saw this. I would think so too. Yeah. I maybe it was. Uh, somebody on either the Funko or the Simpsons side said, "Let's do something from a recent thing. Like we can can we mm-hmm. can we not just sell stuff from if it's a the Funko people will buy whatever thing we put it on there. So why don't we do something recent? Maybe that was it. Yeah, thing. save the yeah the now the collector figures, high end figures, those go to the men in their mid to late thirties. <laughs> and and uh, they, so and it's got to be a season seven, uh, season three through eight is really the the hot zone." For that i mean yeah they super seven can make a series that's only every character as they appeared in the poochie episode and i would pre-order all of them (laughs) oh yeah 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 i mean they have even more they're making the itching scratchy land robots oh that's the greatest man that the unbelievably good the 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 one comes with the little baby axe Mm. is just perfection you know and, yeah and and itchy's head comes off and you can see the why homer's robot didn't work. <laughs> yep uh, oh they're great fantastic uh, yeah yeah i think you know the mcfarlane and neca they did some good simpsons toys but i think super seven took them to the next level i think i think they're gonna go as deep as they you know as you can imagine we said it before first, first 10 years we said it before they really need to make the meme figures like the spongebob like mm-hmm. uh lisa getting coffee poured we need a uh, homer with the the whacking day hat on and the air horn mm-hmm. like all of the famous uh, images you see on the internet the guy eating the lemon well, steamed, yeah. s- steamed hams for sure i think is coming steamed oh, hams place yeah <laughs> Yeah, I think that's for sure coming. So yeah, they know that too. Like, oh, there's a bunch of Wolverine stuff now with the meme coming out. Mondo's doing one six with Wolverine pining away, looking at the photo. Oh yes, yeah. and that's the whole display. That that's exactly what the display looks like is him on the bed. That one so, was like I think more companies know. <laughs> that one was too rich for my blood, just a little bit. But it was it's a quality figure. Mm, yeah. So yeah. one of us may have bought it. Oh, okay. Somebody's a bigger fan. <laughs> I uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> if they had a Spider-Man meme one, it's the, you know, I'm more of a Spider-Man guy than a uh, mm. than that. I mean, yes. Have I do I own multiple, but they were gifts. A lot of them were gifts for my husband. Very thoughtful gifts. It was a graduation but, present. Yeah. <laughs> but but Peter B Parker from Spider-Verse is my new favorite Spider-Man and I own like four versions of him. And it of is course. because it is because he's exactly my age and has weight struggles. Like <laughs> these these are why he's my favorite Spider-Man. They made a Spider-Man for me in Spider-Verse, and I love him. And I'm sure they'll continue to make more stuff, and you'll have like 50 by the end mm-hmm. of them oh, making yeah. that stuff. Especially in Japan. They, they're making a lot of them in Japan, and those are where I get the toys more mm-hmm. than, than in the U.S. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yes, uh, they're running out of food. They're about to kill Homer and eat him. They, they, it's a really good gag of Wiggum being the one to say, you're the fattest, and that should be eaten first when he is clearly fatter than Homer. Uh, and so they're they're ju- they're descending upon Homer, but uh, Connie's here to save the day in our next clip. <laughs> you're the fattest, Buffalo Kill. Okay, everybody, dig in. <laughs> ah, I've got apples. Delicious, nutritious apples. And there's enough for everyone. Sweet. 
It's like a hootenanny in my mouth. We're saved. It's a miracle. Hooray for Connie Buffalkill. What? So now we're not eating Homer. <laughs> and thanks to that little girl, today you can find apples and everything that's good. <laughs> apple wine, apple whiskey, apple schnapps, apple martinis, uh, snapple with vodka in it, apple nail polish remover. Don't forget apple sauce. Yeah, I suppose you could <laughs> grind some pills into it. Oh. <laughs> Homer's awe oh. makes it even greater. Yeah, uh, I like the old-timey pronunciation of uh, vodka. Oh yeah, instead yeah, of vodka. Uh, but you could tell they're running so low on tall tale material. It's like, well, what if the Donner Party happened? Yes, yeah. In the yeah. Johnny Appleseed story. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm glad. I honestly, I think they. If you watch the Disney cartoon version of Johnny Appleseed, it is kind of a cul-de-sac for their story because it's really just like, and then Johnny Appleseed walked around playing things until he died. The end. Like, <laughs> and he like he dies on screen, uh, of, uh, like of old age, and then is is told he's got to go to heaven to plant apples in heaven for eternity too. So. <laughs> that sounds awful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> awful. Yeah. Um, Jeez, that guy can't get a break. <laughs> he's hey, he loves to do it. He's excited to plant those trees. <laughs> That's heaven right. for him is planting uh, infinite trees in heaven. That's <laughs> okay. That. Uh, I mean, I, I definitely can see why Walt Disney was excited to tell a story of a man who worked to death and then worked some more. His reward in heaven was work. Yep. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, but uh, and then hoot nanny in my mouth. Another call back to one of the like the it's like a party in my mouth and everyone's invited uh, commercial line that uh, Simpsons has referenced so many times. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, I was. I guess you know I was disturbed by the other Mo joke, but Mo popping out from under Homer with a chunk of yellow flesh on yeah. the end of a fork that disturbed me too. Yeah, I don't know where it came from. Yeah, it's Treehouse of Horror rules. But uh, I also, you know, Bob, you know, I'm a fan of apple flavored uh, whiskey. So That's right. Uh, this 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 lesson uh, le taught me. Uh, it stuck with me. I <laughs> guess this this hobo's lesson. You can mash pills into most anything. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think like cinnamon. Apple, apple, was it? No, I guess Apple Jacks is. I'm trying to think of the like the craziest artificial apples mm -hmm. taste. I guess it's Apple Jacks, maybe. <laughs> apple Jacks has so little to do with apples. It's, it's yeah, like that, whatever that's yeah. that like neon green sour apple flavor is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sour yes. apple. Mm -hmm. uh, we all, right. I, I was, e I it's just a referenced pop. a commercial we all remember. <laughs> that's, that's fun. Did Stephanie direct more commercials? Mm -hmm. I want to know. Is that her only one? <laughs> Uh, but just watch, just watch yeah, on YouTube. You'll yeah. understand what I'm saying. Uh, that uh, I never, I never like blow pops. But if that commercial came on a Nickelodeon, like which I think played eight times a day, eight times an hour, mm -hmm. I, I was, I was excited for it. Uh, You're like excavating gum from a rock. Yes, yeah. It's like it was worse than a Tootsie Pop. I always preferred a Tootsie Pop to a blow pop. And pulling the gum off that stick, you're getting mm -hmm. pieces of stick in there. <laughs> I like blow pops. I think better. Oh, uh, the Tootsie Pops. Yeah, and Tootsie. I like both. I don't. I'm not an anti Tootsie Pop. Mm -hmm. Well, Tootsie but blow pops better. <laughs> I I associated Tootsie Pops with getting them free in school because I and I thought of them as like, oh, it's a cheaper candy. But now I appreciate the, like my. I know that teacher that gave us out Tootsie Pops was bought them with her own money, and she wanted the most bang for her buck with Tootsie Pops. So Tootsie Tootsie Pops felt like you know your grandparents' candy. <laughs> Tootsie Rolls, 
I liked them, but they felt like you'd eat them during the depression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, blow pops were the kids' future future forward mm. snack or candy snack. Yeah, uh, depression candy it was some kind of sugar byproduct they found, <laughs> like taffy yeah. or, or tootsie pop material or licorice. Just mm -hmm. like, well, the machine spat this out. <laughs> we accidentally made candy. I suppose. Well, I suppose we'll eat it. It tastes kind of sweet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, this is just nourishment for the war. Uh, uh, for, for, yeah, <laughs> soldiers. Uh, and so uh, Act Three begins, and uh, yes, they're out of tall tales. <laughs> oh, look out there, folks! That's the mighty Mississippi. Big deal. Reminds me of a tall tale <laughs> about two scalawags rafting down the big muddy. Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. That's not a tall tale. It's a book by Mark Twain. Look, let's just do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't seen this one in, I don't know, probably a decade. And I was thinking, what is the third story? And then when we got to this one, I had Lisa's thought immediately. And then yeah. the show addressed it like, all right, shut up. We need to finish this episode. The show, every time I watch this, the show owns me because as yeah. they start to present it, I'm I'm literally saying or thinking what Lisa says. And then I'm I, and then the show gets me. They're like, we know, Weiner. We know you, <laughs> you nerd at home are saying this. Well, we're still doing it. You can't stop us. We're just going to do Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. You can't stop it. So, yeah, as a kid, I never particularly cared much for any Huck Finn and Tom Sawyer. I feel like there were 800 of them. In, in our childhood, they tried to sell it to us with, like, Jonathan Taylor Thomas right. and uh, Devin Sawa. I, I, I think like, so. Yeah. yeah. But even then, like, no, I'm not into this. Like, <laughs> I don't... These are not fun adventures to me. I'd rather see a boy have adventures my age who's, like, now, you know? As an adult yes. for a brief time, I got into some of the non-kid stories that twain wrote sure he's he's a good writer he's uh yeah I mean, uh, newsflash mark twain good writer. i'm just hearing about him yeah <laughs> wow they should name an award after this guy he's so good i i liked twain as an adult but not not so much as a kid uh and uh to all of this twain stuff in here is disneyland's mark twain oh stuff. yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh it, the, this is uh i was so glad when all this stuff came in i was like oh man i am so glad that mike from ptr is here for all of this disney <laughs> uh specifically disneyland twain stuff here mm -hmm. yes, i the, i the San, it's not san well i guess it's sanitized but it's the it's just the cartoon twain yeah i've yeah. never done the steamboat or whatever at disneyland i still mm -hmm. i don't know what goes on in there i don't know where it takes you I've done, <laughs> I've done the Mark Twain riverboat, but I've not done the Tom Sawyer Island or the uh, the raft out to there. I'd, Mike, have you done it all? You know what? Funny enough, think for some reason I have never been to Tom Sawyer Island at Disneyland. Hmm. I don't know why. It never seems easy to me, even though I think <laughs> it is. Uh, I've done Mark Twain many times. Uh, Co-host of the show on the show, Jason Sheridan, is that's his favorite thing is to do the Mark Twain Riverboat. <laughs> He's gotten to pilot it once. Oh wow! Whatever Man. you'd call it, drive it. I don't know. What do you, what do, you do to a boat? Drive pilot. Um, but you don't really. It's on a track. It's not like he could crash the thing right into like the haunted mansion or something <laughs> but it's a nice pleasant time to go around in a circle mm -hmm. of all um, the of all the boats you can ride in disney it's uh i like it there's uh you know a lot of places to sit you can just hear and i i only every time i've only ridden it twice but every time i'm like come on when sam clemens gonna talk here <laughs> like and hey mm -hmm. look sam clemens is on the boat too you're a bit of a writer <laughs> aren't you oh, <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, they do all. They go, Mark Twain. 
iron and mm. like they do all that. Yeah, you, you can you could bring like some. I think you can bring like a ice cream on it or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, as as an adult, I've never wanted to go. As a kid, I didn't. I was like going to those islands or any of the play place things. I never wanted to do because that's like uh, we're wasting time. I want to ride a dark ride. You know, I, yeah. The, the fun is less engineered. It's like mm. they want you to make some of your own fun. It's like no, yeah. sit me in something and show me things. <laughs> Spin me around. I don't care if Fivel says you know, this is a good play place. I I want to ride ET. <laughs> You know, <laughs> there in uh, California Adventure, they have what they call the Grizzly Challenge Trail, Ugh. which yeah. is three stories, and it's got like like net like the floor is nets like netting or thick rope, and you walk on that, and you have to walk down the whole thing. And I will say this, I love it. Oh, mm. really? Man. More more adult accessible <laughs> play areas. I say that's like, I like as a kid. I always liked that type of thing. You know, the Tarzan play place too. I, I think that's why I never want to go to Tom Sawyer Island. Cause I'm like, I walk by in Indiana Jones, you walk by the Tarzan one. It's like, well, this is just for kids. Like I, I don't want to be the giant man walking through it with all these children. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. I'm already on well, thin that, ice as a, as a childless adult here. Yeah. yeah. There's somebody already tailing yeah, well, you. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, Disneyland. Don't worry, there's plenty of us around uh, sure. in Disneyland. But Tarzan is a, a tight squeeze <laughs> as it is, and there's no road. There's no place where the floor is thick rope and netting. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I like. I like the I like uh, kind of like ah, I'm gonna fall a little bit. See, uh, I've never I, given that like. a shot, or I've never even I I think I've gone to Disneyland once when that Grizzly River Rapids thing was even open. Like I feel like it's always closed. They just bulldoze it and build like more Avengers bullshit there or whatever. <laughs> like it's never open. I like it. I just I wish like there it. were some robots on it. Oh, sure, sure. Well, then hey, maybe just, the Avengers can start hanging out there, you know. But I, Or or uh, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, uh, Ursa Major, the bear the sure. character. I, yeah. Uh, right, yeah. I God, but it's well. Okay, I've I've never ridden it because seriously, it's been it's been not every time I'm there, it's in refurbishment except the last time. And that time, I was like, no, I have to focus on Avengers Campus today. Mm -hmm. I can't I can't give time to Grizzly. Mm -hmm. I think it's fun. I I like it. Uh, and I that area, there's a little area over where you kind of can go walk, and it's not uh, heavily trafficked over by like the waterfall section at night. You go get yourself a drink. You sit over there. Great, fantastic. Mm, okay, I'll, so I'll give a that little, a, shot. a little insider tip. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, the all of this Huck Finn stuff. It feels extremely the Disney version of it, though. Uh, though Matt Selman, who wrote it, he says that he listened to audiobooks of uh, multiple Tom Sawyer and and Huck Finn stories. Which uh, I didn't know there was one where Tom Sawyer grows up to be a detective. I did not oh. know that there was one of those until, I think, yeah. until doing research. Yeah, <laughs> that uh, feels like uh, what is it like the box when the boxcar children became like detectives? Yes, yeah. I guess that's the second up. I guess they that happened after the first book. But I I stopped at book two <laughs> of yeah when I read the first book. At the end of it, they get adopted, and I was like, well, then they're not even really. They just have a boxcar in their backyard or right. something. Yeah, that's interesting. They should have kept that going forever. I forgot he wrote that because detective fiction was something that was new. Like, there's uh, these stories where people solve crimes. <laughs> I guess I'll write yeah, one of those. Uh, people seem to like this uh, Sherlock Holmes guy. It's just like when Jason Voorhees goes into outer space. They're mm -hmm. like, it's just him trying to keep the character relevant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're turning Jessica Rabbit into a detective on the uh, Roger Rabbit ride. So there's oh, precedent. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I'm, uh, speaking of rides, I'm shocked that are still open. I'm 
I keep thinking one of these days it'll just be the announcement of like <sighs> it's days or numbered. It's it, the ride. The ride sucks, but I go on it every time because one day it just won't be there. Mm-hmm. And I love Roger Rabbit. Yeah, it's odd. The whole Roger Rabbit thing is uh, Roger used to be one of the like the big six in the mm-hmm. 90s he was like one of the top characters and he's certainly been like pushed to the side in the last few decades <laughs> but kind he's odd he still is you know his roots are deep there you can't just clear him out you can't uh, uh though i mean i don't want to bulldoze all of toontown especially they're about to get a cool ride there so mm-hmm. you know that whole place mm-hmm. is built on tragedy though yes because yeah. we covered this in our other podcast but uh steven spielberg assassinated roger rabbit in 1991 because he wanted the uh the the tummy trouble short i think to go before arachnophobia right. and not dick tracy mm-hmm. they didn't listen to him katzenberg said i'm gonna do whatever i want to do and then spielberg says i'm not gonna approve any more roger rabbit stuff and this is while they're building yeah. Town, which opens in 93 so the entire thing is built on something that was just killed mm-hmm. tragically <laughs> there's so much weird zemeckis i've heard like he's like oh disney also doesn't like jessica rabbit anymore or they have a problem with her mm. so like there's so many different versions of like what's going on exactly at disney with Roger Rabbit, I've heard over the years. It was funny to learn too about the uh, the co-director of Lion King. Like he only was available to do Lion King because Katzenberg had picked him. Of like, you're the guy for Roger mm-hmm. Rabbit too. You're the director. And once it got killed, they're like, all right, just go over to Lion King, I guess. Like you, <laughs> you don't get to become a live action director. You got to stay in cartoon zone. Yeah, the uh, second choice, but, Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, we then. Cut to uh, the classic whitewashing, uh, the thing everybody knows about Huck Finn. They know attend his own funeral, whitewashing, and going down the Mississippi River. But uh, getting the, in a cave at some point, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, there is a cave. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and I think it's fitting that Nelson, fan of Huckleberries, is right. Huck Finn. So it's not bad. But yes, the uh, whitewashing sucks, Tom. It powerful sucks, and. <laughs> They uh, instead of tricking him through, you know, clever wordplay, they convince Millhouse, uh, fancy lad Millhouse, to do it through bullying and <laughs> dipping his head in the whitewash. And uh, then uh, Huck Finn impresses uh, Lisa or Becky. Uh, she's named Becky, meaning she is Becky Thatcher, who's actually the love interest of Tom Sawyer, not Huck Finn. Uh, and her father is a judge, which is why Homer plays a judge in this. So this is technically <laughs> accurate to, obviously, I had to go to the old Cliff Notes to read about I, Becky Thatcher and Judge Thatcher. I didn't realize that until Homer said, I played a judge in this one. Yes. Yeah. He's, <laughs> in, no, in no function is he a judge otherwise. So I guess that explains why he's leading the pack of guys. Yeah. Him down. But, uh, but yes, they at first they think, uh, well, I guess there's no harm done so long as it was going to be by and by. Uh, but uh, his, and also Nelson's fall animation, like right on his head, like, ouch, that is, <laughs> that is, re- that is powerful, painful to look at. I, I feel like they drew him breaking his neck. They really did. I, I, I he got all the slang. So, right. It's just fun to hear the characters talk like this. Uh, I was going to get a new neck off in a cat. Yeah. A body could break <laughs> his neck. Yeah. Like, yeah. All the great, all the, all the Mark Twain speakery here. Uh, that uh, it leads to a wedding. Uh, huh. Papa! Hold my daughter's hand, will you? I was gonna let go, by and by. Well, I guess there's no harm done, as long as it was gonna be by and by. But just to play it safe... We're gathered here today to force this man, Huckleberry Finn, into holy matrimony. How romantic. This reminds me of our shotgun wedding. Grandpa, we've been married for years. When are you going to put down that gun? 
Well, I reckon you're right. Hang it all! Do you, Huck, take Becky as your wife? <laughs> hey, they done switched the groom with a pig! No wonder he was pooping so much. <laughs> well, Henry, you're asking where was the Paul Bunyan poop joke? Uh, there, the poop yeah. joke's in the third act. They were saving it for this, that a, that a pig is shitting himself the entire... That, I also just love that impossibly he just turns into a pig yeah like, when did it happen it just happened they cut away and now he's a pig and he's been pooping the entire time i'm glad the pig isn't harmed he gets a big bite of that cake after seeing yeah. all the buffalo get killed uh, at least one kind of livestock <laughs> it's succeeds real yeah yeah it turns out pretty good for that pig yeah i also like that marge in this this is one where marge in fictional uh story does not love homer and is, is only doing it because <laughs> she's been held mm-hmm. at gunpoint for uh at least a decade uh which <laughs> I, I love that they they had written Marge runs away, but design wise she's in a very constricting old timey dress, so she kind of has to shuffle at like tw- <laughs> yeah. at thirty miles an hour away from him, which is so funny. Uh, it's <laughs> such a great drawing. And then uh, old timey, everybody's old timey, but in Missouri old timey, not old west old timey, uh, which is is great designs. It's just everything is so old. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Old timey specific versions of old timey because you know you get used to that like blanket old timey mm-hmm. but there ha- everyone was different in the olden days mm-hmm. yeah it's something i take for granted sometimes <laughs> when i'm thinking of like what old timey means these guys you know a guy in deadwood doesn't dress the same as a guy on the mississippi the great mississippi right. which uh, also mm-hmm. i guess them crossing the mississippi uh, to start this story that means that they traveled westward from delaware hmm. now obviously mm-hmm. springfield is you know it's map placement is pointless to try to guess but in this case it is west of the mississippi for uh the simpsons to travel to delaware on the east coast wait so they're coming from the west coast because they're heading to delaware yeah and that's where they end up so if they're crossing the mississippi to get there then they're on the west side of the mississippi Hmm. but uh but yes so the boys run away and uh they (laughs) it's a really good joke that they just get on this little raft they are five feet away in shallow water and they say we'll never catch up to them i I just got the missouri joke because i looked at a map because i'm ignorant as to geography most of the time and uh the joke is that the mississippi river runs along the border of missouri so i guess technically you can be hitting different states depending on which side of the river you're on right, right. so that's i guess that or just absurd but yeah i chose to take it literally missouri and missouri are different states somehow yeah <laughs> uh and I, I missed that thank you for telling me that joe i missed it <laughs> and also uh difference here is in huckleberry or in a huck Finn adventures uh he does not ride down the mississippi on a raft with with Tom Sawyer, he does it with Jim. That's just his name. It's Jim. Uh, this is a, apparently a thing that I, I saw in a history article. That's like, no, never in the book is he referred to by another name than Jim. Hmm. These are in other works that he is called N-word Jim. Oh, okay. Is that he is known? But in the book, uh, mm-hmm. they, it was not a change to the book in Huck Finn. Not that the that slur is used in the book, but uh, I know it was a yeah. very a very banned book when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. presumably before that too. I wonder if that if the banned book 
book discussion in the year in the late 90s is partially why they were just thinking of tom sawyer and huck finn and wanted to do an episode Hmm. or an act about that i wonder but yes this is when we get well a reference to uh, uh the uh, popular eye of the 80s that has nothing problematic in it at all <laughs> no boy at all please do not exit the raft until it has come to a complete stop mike scully mr silas this young lady's flashing her privates oh well i'll dispose of this <laughs> all for silas all for silas <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah I, I realized for the first time the guy saying don't exit the raft is mike scully yeah, the showrunner. i only isolated there i yeah. this captures the post-ride feel so well like and while still feeling old-timey because they get off the boat and then you're hearing like the music of the like hangout after the ride version mm-hmm. of the ride yeah. music there too the come down music yeah now uh mm-hmm. i have not been to disneyland since uh genie and genie plus were invented do you still get this photo access with those uh, with those apps mm, i don't know okay no no oh, okay dang i don't think so oh wait you know what i take that but uh genie did okay so genie is free that's just on the app Genie plus you pay like 15 dollars for they don't actually it's not working in disneyland yet okay oh. i was wondering disney world at the moment by now, by the time this comes out, it'll be, I'm sure, both coasts. Yeah. The program could be gone completely. Who knows what'll happen? <laughs> well, you guys had an episode uh, on it. It was so confusing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it was very confusing, yes. Um, but I don't, I'm trying to remember if the photo pass comes with it, but they've been, uh, you, look, I used to get that free with my annual pass and that's mm-hmm. not even offered there anymore. You know, those so. those photo zones on the old rides are so uh, interesting to be in in a post-smartphone age that it's just, you just kind of walk straight through it now. It's like, oh, there's that old photo. It's just, or, or, I find my code. <laughs> I, I feel sure. that Space Mountain used to have a good hangout zone there, and I guess it's still good, but I, I just leave. I'm like, well, I'm not buying a photo. I don't even need to look at it, and I just walk away. Yeah. But, <laughs> well, in Disney World, they have a lot of stuff in Disney World. If you have the photo pass or if you just have your app like loaded and location services on, it'll just add it to your phone hmm. automatically. Oh, nice. If you have like a magic band on, like there's certain things where you, I just looked and I was like, oh, there's my video from Tower of Terror, a video from Tower of Terror of me. They make dropping. video? Oh, wow. I didn't know that. And mm-hmm. I, I only knew about mm-hmm. these stills. The I don't think my family, when I was a kid, wouldn't have bought them anyway because it was seen as like ah we're we're already i mean the reason my dad hated theme parks was it was just like a money pit (laughs) to him i don't want to remember this he didn't have fun in them it was just like he saw it as wasting money so buying a photo more waste that's what he saw it as so Uh uh-huh i see okay you know what i see i'm looking at this up disney disney land has unlimited photo pass if you buy disney or genie plus hmm. okay okay <laughs> pretty straightforward I'm yeah not sure if well it's not G- regular genie it's genie plus and at disneyland you have unlimited photo pass but i'm not sure about disney world okay so yeah. that's so clear yeah very very helpful <laughs> is the, yeah. i just i can't i can't go to the park without some sort of max pass style experience mm-hmm I'm, I'm well, that, that was a big thing because you have to pay in addition to Genie Plus for the bigger rides. Genie Plus is just for your like C, like I guess D ticket and low or higher, whatever you want to call it. E ticket rides are an additional charge 
called Lightning Lane, <laughs> where you have to pay like ten dollars per Guardians or cars or whatever. Wow, man, that's ticket harsh. Ride you want to go that's on? Hey, well, you know what? Yeah. I go, I go once a year. Fleece me. <laughs> I can't ride Space Mountain somewhere yeah. else. <laughs> that's true I, I can see when you you know obviously if it's like you're just a childless couple going there that's one thing but i i understand why parents feel the twinge there of like with two or three kids they're like ah, uh, like it uh, i can see the the anger yeah i understand it. Yeah, yeah it's nickel and diming but i know henry you've got like a history to tell us oh right? do i yes yeah now now mike i know you know this is it is both theme park history but also bodiness so i don't of course don't know how much you're you know about the flash mountain history i know a bit of it so but go go ahead i can handle it <laughs> uh, well so yes uh in the late 90s uh it became an internet phenomenon called flash mountain which was a website and there were other associated ones too that had photographs of uh people showing uh in most cases their boobs but sometimes other things while in the photo spot for uh, specifically splash mountain mm -hmm. the the 80s classic ride that we all love and i'm sure they yeah. checked to see that they were all adults well so uh yeah that's the that's the <laughs> thing i so i found a la times article from january 1997 on this uh scenario with uh, an line for disney it's a case of unzippity doo da oh That's, boy uh, yes <laughs> yeah but uh, i don't but, i don't hate it but <laughs> are you unzipping things to show your breasts though you'd have to have like a zipped up tube top or what yeah i feel like it's i would a, say a flash means a lift to me unclaspity doo da maybe yeah. Well, then, you know, zip, mm, unzip. I know. You know it's it's I, very yeah. sweaty. Yes, yeah, which that's what I love about it. But, <laughs> but yeah, so it was known enough by January 1997 that yeah. LA Times is covering it. And this was confirmed on the Snopes website, too, about it, which was as long as there have been the, the photo ops in rides, people have flashed their boobs or other things uh, like that's always happened. But you that is why you have a cast member there to sort them out they they don't put them on the screens to see and and freak people out like that's why like a, a, an unknown thing about a cast member's job on splash mountain or other or other rides is to be like oh there's boobs nope nope can't show that let's <laughs> put put that in the dumpster but some cast members didn't put them in the dumpster oh no they uh so the reason Flash Mountain exists is because a cast member or at least one shared with a website their ill-gotten collection of flashes that happen on Splash Mountain and then posted them online. So not only were those Flash Mountain websites, you know, the, the people did not consent to having their images put on right. a website. So that's, uh, that's an extra dark angle to the Flash mm -hmm. Mountain history there that was not considered at the time. But so so there you go flash mountain it always happened people were flashing it only broke out then because a cast member spread it and i have to think after that happened in the la times article in 97 even disney uh some representative was like we never want these to get out we are going to be locking it down even more so <laughs> than before i i haven't kept up with the flash mountain phenomenon to know if it happens as much anymore there's the uh and of course there's that viral photo of uh the guys playing smash brothers gamecube, on it. Yeah. gamecube yeah which <laughs> it was smash brothers though it uh that couldn't be real right that, uh, is it real? I, I buy it hey okay. it, it fooled me <laughs> yeah i i also thought that was maybe not real and then i was like 
I don't know. You can really. I feel like you can get away with a lot. <laughs> like, uh, but I, I, uh, it's crazy that that in '97 that because this is pre-digital. Mm-hmm. It's like you, there, the guy, whatever perv pervert <laughs> cast member was doing this. That was effort. That was a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like he wasn't just dragging and dropping. I don't know what interface they had, but it seems like the guy went to a real special like <laughs> amount of, of trouble to do it. Mm-hmm. And for years planning on this, like this guy had probably been working his way up the ladder at, at Splash Mountain to be like, I got to be the alone with the files and, and collect them because I wouldn't think dozens happen a day on it. Mm-hmm. Like this had to be like at least a months long process process of collecting the band images but yeah i I don't know i mean i remember going to professional wrestling shows in the late 90s and there would always be one or two women flashing in the audience Mm. i mean the the, it was the environment was crazy (laughs) certainly not i was like 15 or something (laughs) i was like this is scary this is all scary it does you know yeah i guess it was it was the era of girls gone wild as well it was just a, a more normal thing then i suppose but yeah to think now i've been to so many wrestling shows in the last five years i couldn't even uh I never even thought it could happen. Like it never even entered my mind that like someone's going to take their top off in the audience. Like, no, why, why would you do that? That's the, <laughs> this is, this is serious pro wrestling here. Yeah. I mean, most of the audience now is just nerds who would like to pay attention, please. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to pay attention to the show. You're so taking please. focus away from the artists There's in the ring. So much lore to absorb. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm looking for reversal. I'm looking for specific reversals so I can note them in my memory. But, it's very hard to just show your ankle on camera on Splash Mountain. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> uh, but but knowing the behind the scenes story, like the reaction of oh for Silas, all oh, that is what the person who shared the Flash Mountain <laughs> right. entry said. And uh, so yes, uh, after that fun little Splash Mountain section, there uh, we then get to hear what I just love this. It is a list of Mark Twain foods. <laughs> ah, I'm considerable hungry. We got any food left? Hmm, looks like we're out of corn pone, fat back, hard tack, fat pone, corn tack. Any tack back? Tack back? I mean, back tack. Plum out. <laughs> One jug of whiskey, three plugs of tobacco, and some extra strength opium. That will be two cents, boys. <gasps> two <gasps> cents? Hey, if you think my prices are high, go across the street. <laughs> Thank you. Come again. Oh, he put the lard pone on top of the egg pone. Dying! I, I really enjoy that 99 cent store joke yes. where it is the fancy store because, you know, money co- money was worth a lot more 100 years ago. I, love, uh, I also like mathematically the two cent joke means the only other thing it could cost is one cent. Mm-hmm. Like that's all. It's either one cent or two right. cents. It could not be any less. There's no than smaller that. denomination. Yeah. Uh, in case you're wondering, <laughs> pone is a small baked loaf of something and tack is just a very hard biscuit. Uh, mm-hmm. They're not good, but they last a very long time. So they're good for old timey provisions. Yeah. You would not, you would not want a hard tack cracker. You'd want, or yeah, I like from it. I watched a video on like how to make corn pone. It's like, this is a shittier version of cornbread. Like I, it's like, like, what if cornbread didn't have all that, you know, flour or sugar in it? Just, <laughs> just fat, just drippings, bacon drippings and cornmeal. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I, I would I would love to have an authentic meal though, mm, like well, from 200 years ago, and just just see what it's like, and then find something that's like surprisingly better. Mm. Like you know, like bread was better. Actually, <laughs> uh, fatback is also the lardiest part of bacon. It's like mm. uh, what if mm. you know, as in it literally means like the back fat of a hog. Like if that's what fat. Right. Well. Uh, Hat, well, back tack and tack back <laughs> and fat pone and corn tack, not as real no. as the others. Also, you know what? All this child drinking stuff, I'm shocked they got away with. But, uh, you know, there wasn't apparently uh, there was not national drinking limits until uh, after the uh, prohibition was instituted. Yeah. Like Nelson drinks all of his moonshine and Bart sips it later. So mm. there, there are children drinking a hard liquor on screen. Yeah, they got away with that. The <laughs> Uh, and I guess Bart Bart is executed later, and it's just for showing his butt. Like that's why they kill him. <laughs> Morals were different then. <laughs> Moonshining, as they put it, and also a great bit of them—they're rowing away on their wanted signs. And so then, yes, we get the Mark Twain riverboat, pretty much looking exactly as it does at Disney theme parks. We also, you know, I got to give it to Harry Shearer. He's asked to sing Old Man River very deeply, mm-hmm. and he does a fine job of it. Obviously, not as good as Paul Robeson's perfect version in the 1936 uh, film version of Showboat or his many other times singing it, but it's uh, it's a fine impression of it. If you've not heard Paul Robeson's Old Man River, li- listeners, look it up. It's 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 about as good as the song gets. Is it on wow, Spotify? Would say. Yeah. Hey, well, you should look up the film version of it because you get to see him sing it. And like Robeson is such an amazing singer. He, he really puts his all into it. But uh, uh, but yes, we, we then get some riverboat comedy. Well, I see President Fillmore's in the news again. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> What'll it be, boys? Just three X's for me. Give me five. This ain't no 5X whiskey. I can still see. That bar keeps a no good cheat. Cheat! All right, we've all got derringes. Now let's just (laughs) put them away. Nobody here is a cheat. Cheat! Man, those Derringer bullets are weak. Powerful weak. Light out and stay lit up. You know, uh, Matt Selman is writing John Swartzwelder fanfic, but I did like the very Swartzweldery uh, gun sliding out of the barrel of a larger gun. That's so great. A, da- yep. a derringer comes out of a barrel of a big <laughs> shotgun so, or whatever. That's so good. Yep. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, Bob Anderson and his team animating little bullets bouncing off of things like uh, that is such little detail on them. But I, I love that. The powerful, weak little pellets from a derringer. And then another very Swartzweldery thing. The group of basically lynchers, the lynch mob, is waiting for them on the riverbed somehow. <laughs> and they're not drowning, but the boys are having trouble breathing underwater. That that was a very uh, unexpected joke that I forgot about, where they float downwards and the men are just standing on the bottom of the river yes, waiting yeah. for them. <laughs> and also the way Homer produces those two nooses, it's like, oh yeah, they are, they are killed. They are hung to death. <laughs> no, so this, I mean, the, this also was my biggest laugh, even the first time 
time I watched it. The, the vision of so uh, if you know anything about Tom Sawyer Huck Finn stories, you know that it's them attending their own funeral. They're assumed dead, and then they show up at their own funeral. I if you even if you've not like seen any adaptation of it, it's like a like a saying you hear in 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 life. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what they're suggesting here, and then just the <laughs> zoom up to them in the rafters smiling. Oh, it's so the, the, good. The mis- I mean, it only works once, but the mislead is so great. I remember laughing a lot at the uh, when the joke was revealed. Yes, these these smiling that they not only did they die, but their corpses were put into smiling smugness <laughs> and placed in the rafters. Yes, for the ceremonial lowering of their bodies into the coffins. Like, God, I just it's so fucking funny. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and uh, and that leads us to a sponge bath ending. And that was Tom and Huck's last adventure. I like that story because I was a judge. <laughs> Get away. Oh, well, this is our stop. Would you like to come sightseeing with us? We're going to visit the place where J.C. Penny sends their damaged merchandise. No, thanks. <laughs> I'm going to keep on riding the rails. Swapping stories for sponge baths. <laughs> I believe I told three stories. Oh, I'll meet you in Wilmington. Close the door. Raise your arm. Okay, the other one. You know, I do uh, 400 sit-ups a day. Oh, it shows. I was going to say something, but I thought it might sound, you know, weird. Oh, not at all. I like when people say nice things about my body. And it's important to feel good about <laughs> yourself. Okay, spread your toes. Oh, you know how much glass is in here? <laughs> I guess that was just ad-lib between uh, Dan and Hank. It's real funny. That ending, I like yeah. it. I, well, because... I forgot the ad-libbing ending, so when they did just the visual of Homer sadly closing the door as Marge <laughs> looks at him, I was like, thought it was going more in the Mo direction of jokes there. Yeah. And so, so then instead, they're just, you know, a couple of guys talking while he's washing him, and it's just, you know, just guy talk. I, I definitely prefer that. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Does, does, do you think Homer, I was thinking when I was watching this, is Homer excited to be a judge because he like idolizes Supreme Court justices? Oh, oh I like that. That could yeah. be a character is detail. Is that actually all bad? Or is it just, it's a funny thing for Homer to say? <laughs> yeah. I don't I, know if they're thinking about his, his knowledge of justices. I, I prefer that reading. I, 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 I just like when Homer, when Homer says that, it's like he saw himself designed as a judge, even though the character <laughs> is experiencing this as words said to him. He, and right you wouldn't think that the hobo told him like when well, of course the judge looks just like you homer and you play him in this <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, true uh i also um, great I... A- great animation on the squeeze of that uh of the soap like just the smile on his face and the way the suds realistically move down to like his elbow he's just getting filthier on this uh on this ride <laughs> yes yeah he's you know mm-hmm. that first sponge bath really should have done the job yeah i think you know and the third we didn't even see that middle sponge bath you know, I'm thinking he's not interested in getting clean. That's what I think. I think it's uh, <laughs> he just wants human contact. You know, it's yeah. lonely out there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I just like uh, not at all. I like when people say nice things about my body. Like I said, such a funny. 
funny way of putting it and then over the credits uh they haven't uh, they actually have pictures over it which i wonder if they did that so they wouldn't cut to a commercial during it hmm. like if if you show images then it won't get squeezed to the side to say like an up next i'm malcolm in the middle or whatever it could just be a fun end of season thing like hey we made it to the end of another one and uh and i love seeing kang and kodos in there who yes in the episode uh, yeah i did yeah. note that it's just like <laughs> they maybe did they expect to be in this one because one of them's on the phone yeah yeah it's good i uh it's it's just another callback to their many times that they've multiple times they just joke of like we're barely in the halloween episode or they forgot us for this one and here it's them the credit seems to be saying like oh we should have been in this <laughs> they, they could only make the picture but yeah i think that tall tales as far as a wacky little store a set of stories i i had a good time with it and it again unlike you know an end of an episode where they just like shove in your face like we don't care that this is an ending and you shouldn't either this one because it's all just three stories anyway they don't need to have a resolution that takes them into wacky town where the simpsons end up with like bags of diamonds mm -hmm. for, perhaps or <laughs> or or just having mo look at the camera and say that don't make sense and it just cuts away like they don't have to do any of that it's it's a weird place to end a season i think especially when there's six months in september 11th between this and the sure, next one sure. but uh yeah. yeah a lot of very funny jokes a lot of things that uh again i saw this a lot in syndication so a lot of it has stuck with me and yeah it's uh it it's it's kind of you know fluff but it's a lot of fun still mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was yeah I was thinking about it in the terms of like it's so I, I do find it odd to see like Simpson Loki on Disney Plus <laughs> and Simpsons like doing Marvel stuff but I guess if we're talking about it being the like the old time stories versus the new time like doing this for a long time it just now feels like it's so much more synergistic because it is yeah you know i preferred the days when we're recording this before the plus anniversary special <laughs> came out and who knows what other disney crossover things have happened they, but... they'll be celebrating turner and hooch soon <laughs> i i miss <laughs> I miss when the Simpsons would hang out with a Disney character in a way that made a lawyer worried instead of making a lawyer go like, yes, that is, uh, we've talked to all divisions and it's all fine. Like, uh, you know, but they've also just changed. It's also just changed in the sense that what the Simpsons is, was doing now wouldn't be that big of a deal for the yeah. most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When, um, the, when they would just draw Mickey Mouse into a scene or whatever, that would be like, oh, I, people don't do that and yeah. things. Now, now we've seen it so many times. Yeah. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. well, honestly, you know, to take it back to the beginning, we can't blame Shrek for a lot of this. Oh. Like, <laughs> Shrek, That's true. Shrek got so popular by making fun of Disney stuff that Disney's like, they had to do the jokes themselves they had to get in on it so they wouldn't be they knew that they were on the way to being just fully a joke and old-timey so like no no no, we, yeah. we have to pretend to be hip too let's make enchanted yeah let's make enchanted let's let's uh have every like uh frozen is mm -hmm. also like kind of a parody of how all their disney princesses are so yeah they, they they've been in on the joke ever since shrek made everything better yes yep, yeah <laughs> we, we still live in the shadow of shrek we're, you know? li we're living in his world World. but uh, thanks again for being on the show mike please tell us where we can find you online thanks and more about uh, podcast the ride yeah um i'm on social media i'm on instagram i think i'm on i think it's michael r carlson on instagram i really should know that before i plug <laughs> uh it's fat carlson p-h-a-t carlson which is my backyard wrestling name my cocky heel backyard wrestling name <laughs> oh cool and it's still my twitter handle yeah and you can find podcasts through all the places you find podcasts it's about theme parks robots 
It's like a kind of about Casamigos tequila, <laughs> George Clooney, Cindy Crawford husband, Randy Gerber tequila. Like, there's a lot of uh, offshoots of theme parks and themed entertainment. And as you were saying earlier, um, McGruff content. McGruff mm. had an, a very like long music career. There's multiple albums that McGruff made, The Crime <laughs> Dog. Uh, and we've gone into there. We still have more to do. I don't know if we're going to get to McGruff 3 this year, but... There is plenty of McGruff Ooh. three uh, mm. content available for us to explore. Your uh, so. your many celebrity tequila mentions got me to uh, as a gift for my stepdad. I was like, you know what, you will enjoy this Terramana tequila. Like you, <laughs> you like the Rock in his work, and I'm sure you'll love his tequila. And just, I told him like, just pull this out for your friends and say, hey, do you know whose tequila this is? This isn't just any old tequila. That's uh, and you know what, for a bottle, thirty five bucks, sure, that's, that's not, not bad. Uh, yeah, you know. When I see Casamigos at Trader yeah. Joe's, I think of podcasts. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what they want. <laughs> that's exactly what they want. Uh, yeah, I have two bottles of Terramana unopened. Ooh. Mm. That I'm waiting for, I guess, a special occasion. I don't know. I guess <laughs> when I got engaged, we should have had it. I guess. Mm, yeah, I should have. Uh, you know, uh, celebrate the end of a yeah, of something. a big podcast with some Terramana. Mm-hmm. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I also have Scotty Pippen's bourbon. Ooh, digits. I gotta ah, try this. Yeah. I haven't. Heard, I like to, bourbon more than uh, than with than te- tequila. I should give that a tequila. shot. Yeah, yeah. So I gotta crack that open at a certain point too. Uh, but um, but yes. Anyway, yes. <laughs> that stuff on the podcast. Thank you so yes, much, thank Mike. You, Mike. It's always awesome to have you back. Thank you for having me. And don't forget to check us out on the episode of Podcast the Ride for the Simpsons Ride. Thanks so much to Mike Carlson for being on the show. Please check out Podcast the Ride. But as for us, if you want to check out more of what we do and get all these episodes one week ahead of time and ad free please go to patreon.com slash talking simpsons sign up there you'll get just that but also access to everything behind the five dollar paywall that includes all of our limited miniseries the most recent one that we did was blabbing about batman the animated series that was 10 podcast episodes about our 10 favorite episodes of batman the animated series signing up at that level also gets you access to monthly episodes of talking futurama and talk king of the hill our ongoing miniseries that are just for patrons and we have a ten dollar level as well when you sign up for that you get access to all the five dollar stuff plus also access to one megalon podcast once a month only for patrons of that level or higher and what is that henry Bob is discussing the What a Cartoon movie podcast. Now we have a sister podcast, What a Cartoon, where we go super in-depth into animated series just like we do with The Simpsons. And once a month, we do the same for an animated feature film. Recent ones have included the Satoshi Kon anime classic, A Millennium Actress. The month before that, the holiday classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you sign up, you get access to over three years of What a Cartoon movies, in addition to all the $5 things Bob just mentioned. That is over 200 hours of exclusive podcast content with a new one each month that is often over four hours long. Some of our biggest, even over five hours long, giant podcasts that you will enjoy in addition to all the other stuff. Check it all out when you go to patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. So as for me, I've been one of your hosts, Bob Mackey. You can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. And my other podcast, by the way, is Retronauts, the classic gaming podcast about old video games. Find that wherever you find podcasts or go to patreon.com slash retronauts. Sign up there for two full-length bonus episodes every month. And Henry, how about you? Follow me on Twitter at H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G. You'll keep it up to date in the world of Henry Gilbert. And if you're following H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G or Bob Servo on Twitter, please follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. At Talk Simpsons Pod is where you stay up to date whenever new stuff goes live on our Patreon. 
on the free feeds. If we have a live show coming up or a poll, all that news, you stay up to date if you follow at Talk Simpsons Pod on Twitter. Thanks again for joining us, folks. We'll see you next time for the season two finale, Blood Feud. Okay, ready for another impression? This is Southside Jake tearing into Tin Can Tilly. Oh, this'll be good. Who put the beans in my bindle? Oh, I am so tired of you saying that I put beans in your bindle. It just makes me so... Do you ever shut up? Kiss me, you fool! Uh, could we hear another tall tale? In a sec. Mm. 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 Mm.